try to get in there to talk to the lady. Uh, yeah, this is an open discussion, guys. If you want to have, uh, if you have a box on the top. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's Barbara here in Cincinnati. I just wanted to bring something to your attention that I have been occupied with during this past week. Several hours every day I've been reading from a book that I got recently. It's uh, written, and I think you're probably aware of the, of the author and the book itself, but just to mention it, the author is Elena Friedland. Mm-hmm. And she and the the edition or the uh, edition I have in my hand is entitled Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. What I've read so far, it answers all the questions that we have had, that we have discussed on conference calls, and by the time I have finished the book completely, but by the time I did the majority of the book. But when it started, what's going on? Who's supporting it? Who's the and it's an uh, answer situation because it explains everything. It includes information that we don't even just on the conference calls. But I would strongly recommend it. Uh, our callers get uh, a copy and, and buy this and read it. Chemtrails, comma, harp, H A A R P, comma, and the full spectrum dominance of planet Earth. It, it goes back as far as World War II when we dropped the atomic bombs on Hiroshima. Our country did not do anything to help the survivors. In fact, they decided to leave the survivors alone and study them, use them, and they, they let them suffer from all the, you know, the skin of which, uh, the terrible conditions they were left in, the scars and, and everything that they suffered. And instead of helping them, they decided it would be a good idea to study them. Typical. Tuskegee. Yeah, that's not the first time that has happened. But it just speaks to how far back this has gone. This is nothing new that we're going through. And it also is quite uh, obvious that it's that we will ever, under any circumstances, be able to stop this because of all of the high-level involvement around the world as well as in this country. I just want to comment there. Thank you for bringing that book. I haven't read it, but I've been aware of a whole lot of, especially around what it's been doing, and a whole lot of things all around those issues for a long time. Um, and um, over and over and over again about the solutions to, you know, because all, in my opinion, all these problems are all related. The abuse, you know, basically right now we're suffering uh, the abuse um, of what other people, you know, whether it's Abu Ghraib or, you know, Guantanamo or all the other 
prison camps, you know, that um, the military has per perpetrated on other prisoners and prisoners in our own country, and, you know, and the list goes on. Um, and as well as the harm from all uh, this electromagnetic radiation that we're uh, being exposed to, all, resulting in all the disease that we see, stress and all that that we see. Um, and, and the, you know, as well as the chemical dumping, chemtrails, geoengineering, you know, and, and, and the list goes on, right? And then our situation. And, um, and I've thought over and over, and I'm just putting it out there because it's my, it's just my strong opinion. And I'm not saying, you know, there's a solution for it today or tomorrow, but that um, the structure of society has to be changed because representational government, as we have heard right now, it just does not work. The, the only way the human being is in our natural state, in our natural state is to live in small communities where we're, we're, where we're empowered that affect our problems. We're completely disempowered. So I just want to say, to keep that in mind, consensus decision-making in small communities Resolve all these problems. Well, the government was centralized and and uh, move into communities where they can keep good. I want the population to be spread out. I <laughs> say that's why they're trying to, uh, you know, bring it to their flock. They speak to the weather that we've been experiencing, and it tells exactly how it's being artificially caused. We're talking about the hurricanes, the tornadoes. And, uh, you know, all those things that are going on and the temperatures and so forth. Exactly what's being done to create that. You have, you have no questions left by the time you've read this. Yeah. It's, it's mainly harp, right? Is that what she says? Well, no, not necessarily. It's other kinds of equipment they have going that they are uh, introducing into the ionosphere. They're disturbing the ionosphere, and I cannot uh, summarize this because it's so extensive. Right. But I tell you, every page I'm learning something new that I didn't know before. Right. And it's, it's, I, I would call this our Bible of knowledge to better understand what's going on because we can pick at this and pick at that, you know, write a letter here, write a letter there. It's not going to do any good when you see how much or how far this extends. My other my other idea was for all of us to run for uh, you know, Senate and congressional seats, you know, and presidents. Well, it's a nice, nice idea, but uh, there's just too much uh, influence and money, you know, in these political seats to be able to break through. I don't know. I mean, it is just so extensive. Well, you know, well, that, is, that is true. And um, there actually have been a QTI candidate that have run for political office. It's fine. Uh, it enables them a platform to um, uh, inform the public about 
sexually uh, uh, harassment, and that's what they they really did. Um, let's see, there's Tony Marshall in Louisville. She spoke a lot about electromagnetic harassment during her run for mayor of Louisville. Um, uh, Lisa Becker, and she ran for political office in Wisconsin. Um, let's see. Um, Eric Griffin, he actually uh, ran for president no, uh, U.S. Senate, Senate seat in Nevada. So some have tried political office, uh, office, and that's something I would encourage people to do if that's what they would like to do. Did any of them win? Well, no, of course they didn't, they didn't win, but the reason I say that is that it gives them a platform to where they can educate large groups of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives them a platform to speak about our issues and raise this as something that needs, as an issue that needs to be addressed. And that is really the value of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can go along with that. But I, 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 they have, just don't have a time and sense of, for the most part, winning somewhere unless it's out in a state where you have a small population and somebody really comes along with a lot of charisma. Well, actually, they can do it, but they have to be strategic about it. Yeah. Uh, I, ran, I ran the mayor. I ran okay. the mayor. Let me, let me finish. Okay. We'll get oh, to that. Sorry. Let me finish this my point. Um, running, being in politics, it, it's, uh, it's a process. Um, you have to um, you have to know who the electorate your constituency is and allow them the time to get to know you. You know if uh, you can, but it takes more than one attempt to achieve that. It takes uh, it takes years. You know, getting um. um events where you know you shake hands with people and uh and all that type of thing. It takes a while um for all these grassroots politicians establish a name for themselves. It doesn't happen overnight and they have not really ventured into politics to that extent. But that's what it would take for them to win us well, I also learned this last week when I was reading through this book that they are mixing recipes of putting in other kinds of uh, chemicals with it as to the geographical supplying too. So you can have two uh, paths on the top
uh, a pure and pure a mountainous area. They'll use the that's the normal process of the planes if you well, I know because I know that, but this okay. this this uh, writing by uh, Arthur Freeland uh, addresses the fact that these are chemicals, but instead of uh, separ- uh, spraying them separately, uh, commercial. You have to understand that. Would it add these additives to the fuel to make them more efficient and those engines? You get different compounds coming out the other end. Whether you like. Wait, but she's talking about something different. What's that? <laughs> it's all part of it. It's the same thing. I, well, mean, I, would, I would turn yeah. around and say, well, this is coming out of causing uh, chemical uh, erosion or a chemical fallout or whatever. But, you know, I understand what you're saying about chemtrails, but you have to also realize that this is the natural process of the airplane industry. How it goes in the plane is not necessarily what comes out. As I say, I'm in aviation. Oh, because it's part of it. I mean, you can't just say that this is all chemtrails. In connection with this particular book, the the author is talking about what is being done now to enforce or reinforce the chemtrail chemical uh, spread of chemicals in the air by people on the ground. Okay. According to Elena Freeland, because I read that book a long time ago, is to electrify the sky. Mm-hmm. And you really do have to read it. She's right. It's it's complicated. You have to read it from the beginning to the end. And I remember there was a section on the tech guy's Barb, I don't know if you're there or not, but it is so complicated. Do you understand what they're doing to the ionosphere that most of this is being done in the ionosphere? And the reason goes completely around the planet. And what they can do with uh, um, frequencies that they put in the ionosphere from heart it in a certain way and it can communicate in the uh, southern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And they can weather. Right. That's true. And I'm they, not denying that. This is the uh, 2014 edition that I have. I think she's written another and I have not read that but it does have a different uh, title to it. I did see that the other book advertised in a discount book catalog that I sent for it, and I started reading this, and I'm not through it uh, yet, because it's several hours a day reading it. And uh, it just would that anybody would, in our group would feel much better if they knew of course, is the key. I think it's really the 
this book that's been written about Janet Reynolds. I would like people to pay attention to something to see if they're seeing the same thing. Marking down, I don't know about anybody else, but the chemtrails have cut down in Northern California. But during a full moon and after a full moon, I notice tons of chemtrails during the day. And I've been doing research on um, the moon, and the moon puts out the most positive ions of just about Earth. And I feel they're using those positive ions to increase what the electrification of, of the sky or whatever you want to call it fails to see if they see this correlation or not. It's been crazy here in uh, Southern California. That's the full moon. And I've marked it down the last three months, according to my records. That's when they would love. Uh, yeah, pay attention and see if you see the same thing. Well, you know how people. Because it's been pretty clear the last three or four weeks, and then they were totally clear. Yeah. Okay. And I uh, why during the full moon, and then I looked it up, and I know it's got something to do with the positive ions that the full moon puts out. Wait, positive or negative? Positive. positive. Not good. Positive. Right, right. Positive. Okay. We are right negative. Can I have your email address? All our weapons are putting out positive ions. Right. All electromagnetic okay. energy does. That's right. That's right. Your statement that she made a while ago that uh, the chemtrails have have ceased uh, per Trump's orders has noticed it here. Have you noticed it, Derek? Or you didn't get very many, did you? Where you are? I I'm looking now. I don't see it, and as I as I think about, it, I haven't seen. In months. That's what I said. Too. Except full moon. Except like yesterday and the day before, our sky was filled, and I haven't seen anything before that. So maybe he told them to cut what you know very specific experiments they were allowed to continue. I mean, yeah, like Friday the thirteenth and a full moon. <laughs> was it Friday the thirteenth? <laughs> yeah, I missed that. Derek, could I have your your email address? Um, okay, is this Barbara? Yeah. I I got that file from Reginald. I want to send it to you. I just got some from the other day, but I can get it to you again. Uh, Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K, and then C, by Charles. Initial Robinson R O B I N S O N and Gmail dot com. It's Derek C at and Gmail. Gmail. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You bet. Um, can I? I just I want to say something else about, you know, kind of really um, how much she talks about, um, um, you know, artificial radiation, you know, microwaves and all this stuff that we have now. Um, how much, do, does she mention that much or at all? 
Well, as I say, I haven't finished the book yet, so I, I can't tell you that. Okay. So, because I just wanted to say, I think it's I just important to um, to understand. I think the thing you mentioned also, you know, this book and everything would be invaluable and important. But also, um, well, an excellent book is uh, it's called The Invisible by Arthur Furstenberg. That only about that as you do about that book. Um, laying out the history of human illness since the advent of artificial electricity. Because even the first electricity gives out, you know, fields that are, are harmful with the natural fields from the earth, and that's why we're in sync with them. Um, <clears throat> and some from the sun. So we are swimming in. 1.5 more um, energy electromagnetic were, you know, 100 years ago. And, and I just really want to encourage people in this community to research this and learn about it just because, you know, if you, because it's so related. I mean, the, the way they're able to torture us is, you know, it's, it's more more focused, maybe more strong, uh, maybe some other frequencies, but it's, it's essentially the same thing that's coming out of a cell phone. It is. You're right. And, and that's one of my issues. I'm afraid they're going to turn around and say we're all EMF sensitive. Well, we, we are. are. Same symptoms. We we'll also account for the decline in the birth rate. Yeah. In the what? Oh, yeah. It really affects sperm. That's absolutely. That's one of the that's been proven. I made a file. I read a file a little while ago. Uh, was a military file, and in it, um, the, when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, there was a epidemic of SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome. And what the doctors discovered is that uh, a majority of these children were, um, their beds were put in a high um, electrical area of, of the house. Well, and also they had those babies. The, the, the crib, like, for instance, the crib was on a, a back wall of a refrigerator. The refrigerator gives off an awful lot of dangerous uh, frequencies on the back of it. And they found that the children were, like, uh, underneath um, the, the electrical center for the house. And they were being hit with all these frequencies and were dying because of it. And I read it was about the monitors that they were putting in the baby's beds. No, this was long before the monitors came out. This was uh, 1960. I was pregnant in 1960. Well, and monitors had you know. <laughs> monitors had. Well, a lot of the uh, plants, animals. Um, aren't animal species are disappearing? Uh, fish are disappearing. Um, wow, I mean, a lot of uh, 
on the planet and killed off. The frogs, there's the, the, the insect population event. Yeah, even the insects. The insects. I lived in the forest. There's so many incredible insects, but you know, they all, this buzzing that they, so many of them do, thing uh, to feel the, you know, where they are, you know, it's their, um, what do you call it, directional um, input around, including the bees. And that's why they're so harmed by all this electromagnetic radiation, why they're disappearing. And that is laid out very clearly and so well in Arthur Furstenberg's book, if you want to know why the bees are disappearing. And it's called The Invisible Rainbow, um, A History of Electricity and Life by Arthur Furstenberg. And that's, you just have to order that, I think, online on his site. You know, you can, you can Google it, you know, and find it. It's on his website called the cell phone task force.org. Um, and that's a super important are that it is um, even more harmful than microwaves, the millimeter waves. I'm more, I'm more alarmed about the face recognition uh, um, cameras that they're setting out. And I think that people ought to do what they're doing in Hong Kong, recognition cameras. They're just cutting them down. Google and everybody have been doing that for years on your computers. True. 
And that's Jake, Jacob Applebaum. If you listen to Susie Dawson on YouTube and Jacob Applebaum, he hasn't been speaking for a long time. But one of the things that she said is that the only way we're going to be able to conquer this and conquer the intelligence agencies is to go go dark. He said that's the only way we're going to be able to do it. Well, I, I would agree. Um, is he living off grid? Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? They want him bad. They want him like they want a bunch. Okay. Where is he living? Do we know where he's living? Like, what, what, where is he off the grid? I think the last I heard, well, the last last I heard, he was in South Africa. And he was telling the people down there, if you want to have uh, an internet, not connected to the global system, but now I read the other day that they can now hack um, systems that are off the grid. And um, he, I guess, he went up into Germany. That's the last I heard. He was Switzerland, Germany area. Mm. Okay, thank you, uh, Susie Dawson. On her last video. Um, <laughs> I forget the name of it. Something about a journalist, saving a journalist, or something like that. Um, was excellent. And after her last video, just Google Susie Dawson and do the newest date. Like, like I've known for a long time about fusion centers. The fusion centers are where they fuse all the communications from all the first responders. But she also brought to mind something that kind of startled me, but I was aware of it on one level, but never really had it, you know, on the tip of my tongue. She says that all, all the medical, all the banking, all the um, mayors, all the employees of City Hall, they're all tied into the fusion centers with the first responders, of course, police, fire, and EMTs. But, I, you know, I wasn't thinking about, like, the employees or the local government, but it, you have, in order to suppress a population, you have to suppress them on the on the level where the people are, and the people are on the, the local level. That's where we live, that's where we do our business, where we are day to day. So the, the feds program the program, and then it goes down to the, and the intelligence agencies, and then it goes down to the state level, like the state police and sheriffs and all that stuff, and then it goes even down the into the local police departments to rise the police. And I feel bad for the police because the police are going to be out of a job. If you think about what a perp does, a perp is uh, a hidden, standing, 24-7 call. He's on 24-7 call. He's paid cheaper than the police. A lot of them don't have insurance. A lot of them don't have um, uh, pensions uh, and they get paid cheaper than the police 
And if you think about it, the police have been told to stay away from this is the jurisdiction of the perps. This is not the jurisdiction of the police. So they've been told uh, uh, perpetrated. The guys who uh, gang stalk you. The guys who military. No. Hang on. Let me finish. So what what's going on is that um, the police have been told to stand down, not to interfere targets, not to interfere with what the perps is doing with. So in other words, the perps who are being paid cheaper than the police are taking over their job, and the police have no idea that they're being slowly taken over. And and the party you who've been harassed by the police. Well, I'm not. I'm saying that their jurisdiction is being taken over slowly by perps. I don't know how that is even possible, but um, but anyway, um, you don't. Understand the intelligence agencies have long wanted a domestic standing army, not because they know that the things that they do to us and the public in general is this keeps coming out that people are going to are getting mad about it. They're going to start doing stuff about it. They want a domestic standing army because they know it's coming because they're doing bad things to the public. Oh, this is only just getting going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the National getting... Guard. I your point there. I mean, police do something totally different than what the press do. Right. The perps are doing the illegal stuff, and the cops are supposed to be doing the legal stuff. That's what I'm saying. The, the perps are a standing, silent, high-tech, uh, run by the security companies and corporations and everything like that. Why would they bother with a cop when they can have the... And they do. It doesn't matter what they're paid. They're paid and they do it. Well, they're paid good money with a journal. And they're all all connected. They're all connected to the fusion centers. You should release what you just wrote. Put it on tape. And play it every night for a month on these telephone calls. At least play it once or a week. You just gave the most fantastic speech. You tried it and put it on tape for us. Thank you. I'd like to know where you got your information. You, if you think about it, these perps are on 24 7 calls. They're supposed to be ready to go at a moment's notice. They are supposed to go out, do this thing. And a lot of times, what they do to you, they've got 10 more uh, targets that they're hitting that night. 
Um, so do you have some kind of document you can send Derek where you're getting this information? I don't see the folks arresting criminals. They are clicking with this at all. Yeah. I'm not I, saying that. It's not making sense at all. through the walls. They're watching you with through wall camera. No. You the, want the, no way to do that. Do Troy, 
Remember that? And what was the name? Are you talking about Jade Helms or something? I said, what'd you say? Are you talking about Jade Helms? Yes. Tell them about that. So that was a farce. It never happened. There was no no martial law. Nothing happened. Oh. I thought they practiced a portion of the country each weekend. I, I, don't, I don't know what your, what your plan is there. Well, it was hard, but so I looked it up, and I remember somebody from Iowa saying that state would not let them in there. So something occurred, and it was supposedly practicing a section of the country, and the military instrument to take over if they needed to, to take care over and help the police. Okay, well, people are expecting martial law somewhere or something, but I, I, as far as... They don't I'm need gonna... martial law. They've got curves. I wish you'd give me a minute to try to explain to you what I mean so that you can understand what I see. Are you okay. going by what you call kind of... No, wait a minute. Let me think. Wait, you don't answer my question. Can you just answer my question? Because you know, I'm interrupting the keeper from talking. I asked the question five times. She hasn't answered it. I just want to see it. Okay. Uh, in 2006, uh, oh, I was in a big let her talk. Please let that lady Excuse talk. Excuse me. Hey, I didn't know. Let me say And uh, I'm officers. I, I knew a police officer. Okay. 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 Excuse me. Okay. And, okay. and uh, I knew officers. And they took me aside for about an hour. And they told me it's not all of them. However, the federal—they were federalizing them. They fired six. They fired seven um, cops town in one fell swoop. Their words exactly. And, and um, said the country was changing, and all the sheriffs are. And I spoke with a sheriff down in North Carolina who told me I had friends for me, and he said that they were all. Uh, they couldn't talk. Also, other detectives down there. Now, look up, uh, look up Ron Paul, Tuesday, Coop, the government and the military. So, in a sense, CIA is running the fusion centers. CIA is running everything. And so, but they, they have federalizing everyone, and they have been practicing drills for an event. Um, so. Okay, well, that, that's fine, uh, and that's, you know, that you're talking about, you know, uh, local police. Uh, uh, the gangstalkers—they're not our cops. Yeah, right. I'm not talking about local police, you know, uh, doing their jobs. You know, right. I think they do do that. No, wait a minute. I know cops—they're not part of this. Let me say one sentence. Okay. My point. Myself. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. Okay. Now, it's are under the jurisdiction of perps. The police, as far as targets have been a concern, have been told to stay.
stand down. Is there a different jurisdiction than your normal person? So what this tells me is that the jurisdiction of targets is as are under perps because of what they've done to us, of what they've actually done to us. Okay, the police have been removed from this area. Now, normally, if there were no perps or we were not under their jurisdiction, we would have police from this illegal uh, activism act of perps, right? We do not have protection from covert criminality. Yes, we do. No, we don't. If we Wait. did, we wouldn't be here. Wait a minute. The cops are not allowed to arrest a perp. They are not allowed to move in and do anything against them. The, the jurisdiction of the Targets. Okay. Normally, the, the perps were not here, and somebody uh, uh, went in our house and did all kinds of stuff. We would be able to complain to the police and say, "Listen, this guy's killing us," and he would legally have to do something about it. They are no longer in their jurisdiction. The yeah, I, no, I, I have taken over their jurisdiction over us. No, they're not. What has happened, what has happened when people, I'm sure there's many different instances, but what has happened in some examples where people have gone to the police and said, these helicopters, I am being um, monitored. I am, you know, the thing you mentioned and the people that our people are going through. What, no, I'm asking, I'm asking what happened when people go onto the police, because I've almost done it myself. I'm on the verge of doing that. So I. They do nothing. nothing. You are not under the viewer. Okay. Okay. I'll just say one thing. Yes, if it's a supposed to see or walk up to someone, uh, push the door, and the microwave beam would come out injure someone, if they were to witness that, that person would be under arrest. No, they wouldn't. They've seen this done. They've done it themselves. <laughs> I've, well, had no. I, I've not, I've not had, had a single instance where, where somebody was, that a cop witnessed someone being attacked with a microwave weapon at all, ever. I've had cops do it to me. I'd like to can I they have microwave weapons themselves. Right. Well they do have microwave weapons and if they use them that's that's a totally different thing than Really? You think so? Well that's so 
I don't know. My question is that, you know, I know that they will first try to think, you know, roll their eyes and say that you're crazy. Right. That you're being attacked by electromagnetic weapons. And no, no, she is saying that somebody, no, she is saying that, uh, that somebody using a microwave weapon on somebody that would not be arrested. So fast. I don't know. Right. Where that's, that's, no. I think it's a good question to know any of your stuff on, you know, besides just deducing it from all the various information, are you basing it on anything you, you know, anything you've read or seen, you know, Thank you. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, I have, and I have an enormous amount of. It, it, okay, here's what you do to test it yourself. Call up the cops. Tell them that you're being hit with directed energy weapons, and see what happens when they come out. That's what. Yes, I have, and I've also heard it from. And send it to Derek. Give us proof here. That's how we're back off. You know, I'm trying to explain using it. Being hit 
by a perp. You are being uh, gangstarked, and and you are your homes being invaded, your items are being stolen, and you complain to the police and they do nothing. Then you're under the perp jurisdiction and not under cops. And a perp, the perps have taken over their because you're under their jurisdiction. And well, that's no, the I, I disagree with that, Barbara. I'm you're, no, you're, 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 you're entitled to your opinion. opinion. It's not my opinion. I there thought many people out there, they're involved as well. Right. They're part of it. They control yeah. the whole thing. Okay. okay. I can't have one. If there was a paper or some kind of document where that was uh, described where, you know, they were told to stand down. That's a really important piece of, like, evidence or proof. So if you called the cop and he came to your house and you told him you were being hit by directed energy. I'm not arguing with that. I'm not arguing with that at all. Down. I agree with that. But I am asking if you know if it's been, if it's in writing somewhere. You keep well, asking the same question, well, though, and she's giving you the answer she thinks she can have. Can we move on already and leave her alone? She, no, because well, before she said she's no. read it many you times. Twice. You've asked her three times. She's given you her answer. Stop the I thought with the fusion center, the police are involved anyway. So, I mean, Q&A session has started. Okay. Um, this discussion is going absolutely nowhere. Um, I, I disagree with Barbara, and she's bringing up a hypothetical. Um, as, as, I've, as I said before, the cops do not have, uh, are not equipped to deal with covert criminality. And that is just, that is the, the basis of what's happening to us, something that's new. Um, so can we move on to something else? Because this topic is, is really um, is, is not uh, something we need to discuss. Can we move on to something else? Can somebody bring up something else to talk about, please? Q&A session is over.
I do want to share something as a matter of uh, a fact. I'm, I'm sure probably a lot of people already know this, but it was new to me. Um, about a week ago or so, I was, or maybe two weeks, I was experiencing um, just like uh, really um, emotional sadness, like just like just so emotionally sad and like crying and like that was that doesn't like me. I'm pretty strong and I'm pretty looking at the solution and things but I just had this like behind the scenes sadness and like terror so um sometimes at like a night a lot of times I would use like um, a meditation cd or the Dave K cd to go to bed and I was using my son's um wireless um headset but I was plugging it into the phone I wasn't using it wireless I was using a cord but a couple times or three times it happened look when I when I hit the sound canceling it said looking for it said my son's name I guess whatever it said looking for my son's name cell phone and then it said and then it said looking for another guy's name like so it said this other guy James it said, looking for James's cell phone and I thought who's James and or whatever then another time it said it it was looking for guy changed the cell phone um, and I was but what happened was the other night I was falling asleep all of a sudden I heard in the background of this TV I was listening to like like hearing like um, almost like a male being tortured they were like so what I just wanted to share was I think what I figured out was through my headphone they had tapped into that headset and they were sending something behind it so I since got rid of that head into three headsets because I know they tampered with one set of my headsets when I was in Orlando and they tampered with another one when I was in New York. And so I just got rid of them, but I didn't know that they did it to this set I had. And I didn't know what, how much it was affecting me it was to, because they were, I was actually hearing like terror behind the CD when I was sleeping. So, um, and I'm being really cautious and really careful. I take it everywhere I go. It's in my head that all the time. And I'm looking to buy one that's just a cord only, even though this one's on a cord too. Um, and I have never turned on the, uh, the um, cordless part of it. I don't even know if it is cordless actually. But I just wanted to share that, that that was a great thing. And I feel great. I feel so much better now. Um, and it really helped to just figure that out and to like that, you know. And um, I guess... The other thing I was going to say um, was I listened to a um, YouTube video sent to me, by, and it's called, I wrote it down, um, it's called EMS, um, God, what is it like? I, it's called, um, hold on, I'll look it up before I, before I get off, but it's called it's EMS something, and I think Mitch Mathis' picture is the first one there. There's Midge and it's one gentleman is like a scientist from London and they're explaining all about what you guys are talking about, aspects of creation and things like that. Um, and it was just uh, it was just such a great video to learn about the physical aspects. And he talked about how this stuff is affecting the female, um, the female reproductive system, like when the mother is pregnant, which my daughter is pregnant now with another baby. So a child, when that child's developing, these waves are actually altering the DNA of that child's egg. And it's like it's gonna get and then if it keeps going to like it's almost like sterilization. Is going, to, is going down, it's 
help me down the line with this. So anyway, it's all important that we can really do get educated and aware, like Lighthouse always says. Um, I was listening to Ellis Free, her radio podcast, a recorded show with Richard Lighthouse, and it was excellent too. So anyway, thank you so much, and that's all I want to really help me. Okay, thanks for sharing. Uh, if someone else has something they'd like to share, you can start sending your telephone. Um, I just want to make a question in Maryland. If anybody uh, wants, is interested in going to D.C. in October for the protests, um, if you get a hold of Derek, get a hold of me, I'd appreciate it. I'm right up near the West Maryland, Pennsylvania meet. So if you're in that, you know, maybe Robert City. Halfway, my house, your sleeping bags, and I'll And there's a train, we can either take the infrastructure down into DC and take the light rail, we can get in the car and go. So just, that's all I wanted to say. And thank you. Unmuted. Muted. Okay, um, we're back to uh, Q and A to uh, uh, the muted mode, uh, which means that uh, you guys can unmute your one question. So, uh, if you have a channel, uh, something channel you'd like to bring up at this time, feel free. Okay. I didn't know if they were bringing any piece of uh, legislation to give to the uh, Congress people to try to get them to make some legislation about not torturing people. Um, I don't know if they are, but uh, it would be recommended. Um, I mean, the guy who just offered um, his home for the, uh, the trip in. I was going to. I was asking him in particular if, if he uh, knew. Well, Chris is uh, Chris is a guy. Who else said that? Uh, I don't think she's one of the organizers, but you know, maybe. Okay, or I can contact them. Thank you. Hey, Derek. Derek, can I state that the website for that um, YouTube video? The one, it's called EMF. Pollution and microwave assaults. So that's the name of the YouTube video that was so, um, it's just excellent. EMS, pollution and microwave assaults. Okay, thanks. Hi, Derek. This is Michelle. I have a question. Okay. Um, what do you think of the and you may have already talked about this and I didn't hear it. What do you think of the judge finding the watch list unconstitutional? Do you think there's going to be any movement with that occurring? Well, I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, if, if something happens to where uh, people can um, find out somehow if they're on the watch list, 
nature for our community. No, we'll have to see what they intend to do. Um, I think, as I understand it, that uh, the ball is in the court of the Justice Department or the FBI as they kind of clarify, you know, why these people are on the watch list or something, or what criteria they're being placed on the, the terrorist watch list. And um, what, it'll be interesting to see what the response to that from the judge will be. Yeah, and if he has any any power to do anything, that's kind of where I'm wondering if it's, if it's just going to be another dead end. Well, the uh, the judge really um, can't the FBI do anything. Um, they could, you know, because it's declared unconstitutional, that means that... Um, by his ruling, uh, he can actually, uh, he can only rule by uh, the cases that are before him. He can say that something is not constitutional. At the same time, he cannot establish policy. Right. So if there's no one defending the Constitution, then it goes nowhere. Congress or Senate. Right. There's, a, there's nobody defending the Constitution. It's not going to go anywhere. Well, not as far as judicial is concerned. You know, he's doing what he can do. Right. More than more than most judges do. Well, we've had some good rulings lately. Um, so we'll see what happens with this. It's, Obviously, this is pivotal um, for, for us, you know, especially if, um, and the FBI has probably been doing this for quite some time, uh, having, you know, the terror watch list, watch list is a name that they gave us, but there's probably other, other types of lists that some of us are on that the public doesn't know about. And uh, they make these lists and that are completely innocent to keep the you know, give themselves uh, something to do. And they create more, uh, you know, on this list to keep the job, in my opinion. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a list that grows and grows every year. So the budget increases every year.
through the first three paragraphs. They're gonna you gotta be brief and focused. Yeah, I get that in my my short explanation. Um the only thing about it, though, is the judges really do not have the authority to to deal with Karen's just to be um, requesting of them. Jeez, that jurisprudence, Derek? We were, we were just talking about that. They rule on cases before them, but yet they cannot, that policy, they cannot initiate an investigation, for instance. Authority to do. Good to be today that you might be interested in. Uh, Edward Snowden was interviewed apparently in Russia, and he gave uh, uh, his uh, of wanting to come back to the United States, but only if his rights were restored and he was trial. He couldn't get that. But he was on CBS. It was early this morning. I couldn't get the early morning broadcast because I was awake until about 5 o'clock in the morning. But uh, a bit of that clip was on later. Yeah, I'm sure he does want to come back. Um, But those were his conditions. Only if his rights uh, were restored. And he was given a fair trial. No. That ain't gonna happen. Not likely to happen. Same with Assange. They want to shut them both up. The only way they can shut them both up is to put, they did, well, they did the same to Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. They didn't kill him, even though he murdered people. They put him in jail because he's a genius and they wanted to tap into his intellect. And they do. And the same with Assange and Nathan Susie Dawson, I wanted to recommend that if people want uh, a very good view of what's really going on in the country, I would watch Susie Dawson on uh, YouTube. She has some... Uh, the last one is an interview done by a gentleman named Lee. I don't know him, uh, but the interview was great. So that's my recommendation. She's also in exile in uh, Russia. And one other comment I would like to make is that since the government has been taken over by the intelligence agencies, they they have infiltrated everything and they control everything. And Hayden was in charge of the NSA when 9-11 happened. So he pretty much headed what was going on. And if you really think about what they've done with the government, um, and that's a um, pretty hard, but it's, you know, it's 
and turn it into a totalitarian state that's pretty much going against the Constitution and going against Constitution histories. Hey, Derek, this is Chip. and then I think 
gas probe um, because uh, this uh, corruption started when, like in the 50s, when the MK Ultra. And I think that's maybe what the church and all the priests and pedophiles kind of fill me up. And that's, uh, that's what uh, and what other people have been touched on. So you're getting real close to doing about that. It's mind control that uh, is causing uh, people to uh, engage with underage teenagers. Now I'm not talking about the, uh, the scum, scum dogs that, uh, you know, um, uh, are, are out there. I'm talking about the, the victims of uh, uh, the politicians and stuff who are caught up in this case. And uh, I think uh, I think we're onto something. I think, and I think all the corruption can be based on on um, stuff like uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, holding people hostage for stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the, uh, I'm finding out that. You know, Mr. Steele is also suggesting that, um, like, the FBI is working in collusion with organized crime, uh, like the uh, um, are um, uh, outsourcing um, uh, investigations and, and stalking the FBI. That's why the police in the state is also written from uh, the FBI uh, because the FBI overrides anything uh, uh, the states when it comes to uh, TIs complaining and stuff to local law enforcement. Local law enforcement is ordered by editor. I mean, it just makes sense. It's all common sense is what I'm talking about and what's the information I'm getting about. And uh, that is uh, it, uh, something that needs to be pursued. And uh, I think that uh, assume that uh, there's going to be a revelation on mind control on how, how prolific it is and, and how devious the uh, deep state is using it. That's all I have. That could be true, Scott. Um, there was a movie um, by Leonardo DiCaprio was in it, and it was on J. Edgar Hoover and the formation of the FBI. And um, it, it was an awful lot about um, setting people up, politicians and things. And he had files galore ready to blackmail politicians when he needed it. So it even shows 
that people were set up like that. I'm not saying mind control now might be in picture, but then he set people up just for that, just for blackmail. For pilot oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. I'm going to take off on this subject about pornography and stuff. I'm going to bring it from I've never heard of in the past, and I'm hearing it from women, and I think it's important. I don't know anything about it. Um, I'm hearing from women, kind of embarrassing to say, but that they are being sexually stimulated constantly. Then men are being brought into their lives, like men into porn, men who talk about um, totally out of line about sex. Maybe they just meet them in an Uber car. And something to me called the Kitty Program. She wasn't sure if that was the name of it. I got online. I couldn't find anything about it. But I'm just wondering if anybody knows about this. There must be a plan for these women, and I can't even figure out what it is. And it hasn't been discussed on the call, but I'm hearing it a lot. And I'm wondering if anybody knows what the goal of this is. Well, if you want to, this, this is a program. It's a government program. It's an MK Ultra sponsored program. And if you want to know about it, you look up Ted Gunderson. Ted Gunderson is an ex FBI agent. He represents Bryce, Bryce Taylor. Bryce Taylor is a girl. Uh, I saw his interview with her. Okay. She was one of those, these, these kitten things that you're referring to. Well, that was the kitty program. You mean some targets that I know? that are having this happen to, they're trying to get them to no, I don't think, be I like think her. She was totally mind-controlled to do that sex stuff. Well, let's see, here's the thing. First, number one, to, to the skip just spoke about Epstein, one of the girls, the number one whistleblower for this Epstein, she was used by him to get other girls to that island, and she finally said no more, and she married a guy. Um, in another place in the, in the world. But she mentioned recently about how he had a temple and they were doing, they were doing sacrifice in this temple. And, and you, and I, I forget the name of the girl. She's got a blonde hair, but she's all over YouTube. She's one of the main whistleblowers against Epstein. And so there is something going on with the pedophilia and the, and the child sacrifice team and the Freemasons and the, all these other things going on. Yeah, I know, I know all that. I just figured that was a different program from ours. I mean, these girls are being stalked. I mean, they are targets. They haven't been, like, Bryce was totally taken out of her body from the age of about six months. I mean, she was a setup from the beginning. Well, yeah, and there's lots of people like her. There's lots of people like her. And it's like, then you've got Duncan Opinion, who's a super soldier. He was the male. Also, through MKUltra, used in a different program. You've got another guy in a Stargate program. There's these different programs that the government uses. All of these, these basically, our people are being used, you know, and uh, taken advantage of. And they're fracturing the mind so you can operate on one level and be totally unaware of this other part of your identity. It's called right, right. I, I'm, I'm totally familiar. I read Bryce Taylor's books, which is horrifying. Okay. That is a different scene, in my opinion. I've read a lot of books on that who are just not even maybe being burnt. They're being stalked. But they're being stimulated so much. I mean, laughingly, they say, I feel like I could just, you know, grab any guy on the street. So it's very intense. 
And then men are put in their lives who are just sexually deranged. Now, these women have not been tortured like Bryce and a lot of these or or even become, um, what is it, Manchurian candidates. These women aren't in that arena. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be some kind of a plan, a different you plan than what you're talking you're about. You, I don't think it's... You know, it's just a thing. If something comes to your awareness, like I, I always feel like there's a reason why some of us piece it together in certain aspects of this and other people put other pieces together. And that's why it's important that we come together and we share what we know. And that's why I want to discuss it because these yeah. women are scared, but nobody, I've never heard this conversation on any of these. Calls. I mean, I can tell you that when I was in New York city, I walked into a restaurant by myself to have dinner and there was definitely a male there who was put there before I got there and was saying things about me like in a general way. Um, you know, that, that nobody else, like just things that I like to do, things that I like, stuff that I've done, things that I enjoy, like, you know, like normal things, not, not, not uh, x-rays. Who was there? And, and he kept referring to me, oh, well, you're not drinking. I was having water and food, chicken parmesan. Well, you're not drinking. And I said, no, I'm not drinking. I guess I've been shopping. It was in New York City. I was late. But anyway, I knew after, after that exchange, this guy was using every card in the book to get me to have a drink, to hang out. So I know that this does go on. It does go on. I don't know why, and I don't know to what end. I have to tell you. I don't know to what end. Have you ever heard of this kitty program? Well, I know that they refer to that word kitty who rang a bell with me with the Bryce and Kathy. Okay. There's another one, Kathy O'Brien. Kathy yeah. O'Brien was insane exact of Bryce. Right. I didn't read Kathy's books. I don't remember kitty, but I still have, um, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's the sex kitten program. Hollywood actresses are, uh, uh, it's a MK Monarch, uh, Mind Control Monarch program. What's the goal, Melinda? Get laid. To make them sexual slaves. And most of them are split off, and some of them are actually men who've been uh, trannied into women, you know, actresses. In fact, two of them said they were men, slipped out in conversations. One was just Alpha and the other one was, um, I don't know if it was Jessica Beal, uh, one other one. I, I don't know what to say about that, except that they did say it on the red carpet. Say, you know, I'm a man and, and and a couple other have, others have said it. And what I have said, and the reason why I have explored this so much. Number one, it's because it was my industry. And number two, it's called the grand deception. And what they want, if you think about it, the perversion in this program, and if you heard Kay Griggs, and I recommend all of you listen to videos. Oh my God, Melinda, I I have her name up on my refrigerator. Catherine Griggs, a four-hour interview with the minister. She covers yeah. Griggs. She was married to a high colonel, uh, I think John Griggs, who was a homosexual who was an officer and who beat her relentlessly. But she stayed around long enough and took diaries and has notes, uh, made diaries, had notes, about the program and what they want to do is um with with let's say the deception in hollywood is 
know, trying to figure this. This is how they think. This is why they're so sick. You have your favorite actress, gorgeous, you know, the star of the stars, beautiful. And it turns out she's tranny. That she was changed when she was very young, from a, a little boy to a little girl. And then you have girls who have been changed to men. So they want to say, you see, you're a homosexual. You are, a, you know, you love, you're a woman and you're in love with this guy and he's a woman. And that, do you see what the perversion that they think? Oh, is that where I'm going? I'm thinking the whole thing. This is a program. It's not quite the program you're talking about. What they're doing to the other women, and if you remember, 20 years ago on Oprah, she had a bunch of women who kept having orgasms today. They didn't. That's what's happening. They, uh, you know, there was no man around, but their bodies just went into orgasm. Well, of course they didn't say, but that's kind of like the microwave. One of the things that they can do to certain women, and it is a twin, it is a scene that, you know, they develop weapons to do that. And what they do to the men is horrible because they make them have erections, they make them have orgasms, and these men are not choosing this, and the women are not choosing this. So it becomes, it, it becomes torture for them. So yeah, it's right. all part of this huge deception. And this is why I say you've got to read outside the GI box. You've got to go to other kinds of um, videos or wherever you get your information because they're tackling every aspect of humanity and debasing it with children and having drag queens reach a kindergarten, kids in the library, all the way up. It's, it's a very sad, sick program, and we're losing our culture, our people, our fertility, the love thing between man and woman, by saying, let's say LGBT is normal. It's a fact of humanity, but it is not. If it's normal, we have no population growth. So you have to understand the huge plan. They want to get rid of love between man and a woman and procreation of children so they won't have population growth so that you know, we'll ultimately die off. Mm-hmm. And, and well, you think it's aspect of uh, society. I'm thinking in this particular circumstance, these women in a position where they destroy their reputation. I know they're not the Bryce Taylor arena. I know that. Well, you know, maybe. But, um, you know, it's, it's where they're just experimenting to see how far they can push them sexually. Push, there's a thought. That's the thought. It is torture. It is a form of torture. You know, they take something wonderful, a gift from God, and they make it obscene. That's what they yeah. do. They glow. They gloat over that kind of uh, sickness. It is obscene. Sadistic. It's sadistic. Yeah. Well, other things, yes. But you cannot same-sex relationships as the norm because the human population will die out. Although they do want to create their own embryos, they do want to create their own children. Uh, you know, John and Dulce, they have these pods where they're creating babies. It's a very huge, 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 very sick program. 
to destroy humanity. Period. Every I have a hairdresser who has a, uh, a girl who wants to be a guy and she's taking hormones and the whole thing, going to develop a tiny penis. And I said, oh, my God, what do her friends think? And she looked at me. Now, she's a young mom. She's 40, so her kids are just 15, 14. She says it's rampant in the schools. Totally, totally Almost everybody's gay, they're this, they're that, and it's totally acceptable, and it's actually almost more than acceptable. It's almost, they're almost pressured to be that way. Yeah, it is child abuse, and uh, they're also sticking kids with hormones between the ages of like four and eight, um, because they go and they see the drag queen, oh, mom, I want to wear makeup. That, that, right, right. Person, that person was so much fun, you know? So they're exposing them to the sickness. It all comes from autism. How to destroy the culture from within. And it's working, my right? It's working. It is, yeah. It is yeah. Um, and, you know, it takes us old crones, as, as we are called, the old wise women, to see it, to figure it out. Um, but we're not in a position to do anything about it. And that's really well, sad. We, yeah. We're not on the PTAs, and we're not writing columns for the uh, school associations. And all your, your administrations and your school associations have been totally indoctrinated toward this um, culture of the universities. It's very, very sad. It's sick. Well, I know you guys are going to speak up on this, but I'm just more experienced in being sad. Melinda, I just want to add one thing. Uh, that Catherine Griggs, Kay Griggs, she's been missing since 2010. And everything she's missing, just completely missing. Nobody knows where she is or what happened to her. And all that last thing again, I didn't. Yeah. G as in Gary, G-R-I-G-G-S, Griggs, K, Griggs. Okay. okay, Catherine Griggs, and you can, you, if you can't get it through YouTube, you go on DuckDuckGo web browser, and you Google K, Kat, Catherine Griggs, T-I, or whatever. She alludes to targeting, and, and Melinda, she doesn't say it on the YouTube if you read, there's, there's, a written, there's a written document of her interview. It's all in there because she alludes, she says on there, why do the, uh, these, army, these army men or whoever they are, whoever they are, she said they don't need porn. They're looking at military wives. They were spying on their own wives because their wives yeah, knew what they were doing was wrong and they spoke up. Yeah, I know, I know. And it's the higher, the real high, the colonels and the generals. Yeah, yeah. And they even talk about skull and bones and like some of these these organizations up there, how they do some of this uh, like homo homophobic so they're not homophobic, sorry. They do some of this homosexual activity in order to take a black male their member. Like one thing if you are homosexual, but it's another thing if you're forcing guys to do it and then blackmail them. It's just, yeah. Oh, but you know, you have to separate the real perverted homosexual uh, upper echelon in the military from regular homosexual men who yeah. I have many, many friends because I've been in theater and films yeah. and they're, they're not this at all. It no, is a whole, different people. You know, and with, with every book there's good and bad. There's even lousy women, if you could, if you could believe it. But anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> they, take, they take the perverts, they, they draw them out, 
and it started with San Francisco, the Presidio with Aquino, Michael Aquino, who is still, by the way, active, uh, not in the military active, but retired, but he's still uh, exercising his poison uh, in this country, strangely and oddly enough. But you don't hear about him. You know, he's very, you know I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to put out a questionnaire about um, uh, mind control and, and subtle hypnotic suggestions. I feel like from time to time I get those. I mean, it's like taking, you know, how 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 our thought process is. It's just a string of paths that follow one after another. And it's like one of those paths are just simply uh, blocked out of our minds. Well, for example, let's say, uh, let's say I, 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 I'm ready to go to work. So I, I head out the door and my thought process is open up the door, go out, go to your car. Well, my normal thought process is Open the door, go outside, turn around, lock the door, and go to your car. Well, the hypnotic suggestion is open the door, go out to your car. Turn around and lock the door. It does not exist in your mind. Yes, yes, I totally have. Have you ever done something that that is out of character of yourself? Suddenly wake up and you say, why did I do that? That is so out of character for me. And look what it's done to me. I'm in a mess now. And it just serves a purpose. Just and one way, 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 I really think it happens, that, and I know people don't believe me on this, but somebody finally came on and had proof of it. I think a lot of times when there's home invasions, that the person is hypnotized in their sleep to go open their own door. And one girl came out and said she had a video of herself doing that. I've experienced it. Yeah, that's true. I think I opened I've always thought hypnosis was a huge piece for us here. And I wondered if that tinnitus has something to do with it. Well, I always I get tinnitus before I get burnt. It's always my first sign. I mean, I always have it. It gets really loud before they're about to do something. How do they start? By the way, I did hear a health thing. I think everybody should be aware of this. I went to my foot doctor today, and he said, and I have proof in my own healing, that firefighters, um, this one firefighter, a kid who knows, of, he's, he's the son of a, a patient, uh, was uh, fell into a ditch with fire and, you know, burning um, weeds. And he got second degree really bad all over his body. And they put it on that thing that I mentioned called Plurogel. And he healed amazingly quickly. And when they started using Plurogel on my leg wound, it healed started to heal. It's gone away, by the way. Let me just say my leg ulcer is finally, after two years, gone away. That's P-L-U-R-O-G, 
G-E-L, Plurigel. Um, it's not cheap, but she used very, very little of it per little That's just me, you know, almost eight months. But it seems to work on burns. Now, now he had direct fire burns. Uh, so, so the skin is much more um, damaged than, let's say, with microwave burns. But so those of you who do get burns, if you have a little tube of that stuff around, might be very helpful to put it on immediately and heal quickly. And he did not get infected, and he had terrible burns. Thank you. Great, great advice. Hello. This is Christina. I got some important information. Well, it heals friends if they're upset, you know. Hello. This is Christina. I got some important information. out a questionnaire about about what I suggested. Hello? Is that Skip right there that you said that? Yes, it is. Skip, I can just tell you from my experience that that happens to me all the time. And that's one of the things I've been thinking about it a lot. Like simple things like um, just like in my mind, putting my keys where I would never normally put them. Or like I remember I was at my babysitting and I had a little prayer book I was reading. And for some reason, when I went back to the garbage in the kitchen at my daughter's house, the prayer book was in the garbage. And I pulled it out. And I thought, why did I? Put, I don't even remember putting it in the trash. But like these little yeah, things, sure. I, 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 I mean, they happen to all of us. I, I can speak for me. They happen to me. And at first, I used to get really scared. But I know that it's from PTSD. It's from high stress and fear and the fight or flight mode being in that subconscious. Uh, uh, you know, high vigilance. And when I get, you know, for me, like for me, Patricia, like reading the Bible and getting grounded and knowing who I am and just putting my focus on the solution, on helping others, on getting in my routine, it calms all that down. But you're not alone. That definitely yeah, it's is. just the opposite with me. Okay. I'm totally relaxed and, and focused on what I'm doing. It, but this train of thought is just, just stuff that disappears on me or gets moved. I know the perps just love uh, uh, putting stuff, uh, taking stuff and putting it somewhere else and, and uh, doing things like that. How do you know you're not doing that? I think you're doing it. But I'm not, but I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking hey, about skip my, my actions. Hey, uh, I know a little bit about that uh, for myself. Uh, they will match what you usually think during the day, you know, and they'll put in their voice, I'm going to go get my keys or I'm going to do this and that. Then all of a sudden, the, a different word will come out that you never used before. They are so smooth and they sneak in over a period of time of, uh, that sometimes you just don't you never talk like that and I don't do this or I don't do that you know and so start analyzing yourself or spot it and they probably are coming in on you 
And that's how they can actually take control of some people, uh, change their thoughts little by little. They match them for a year, two years, three years, and then they, they start putting in a few of their own thoughts. You think it's your own, and, you, you know, you don't think nothing about it. You just think, oh, it's your own, and, and you, keep, you go about doing your day. They are smart, or uh, they are smart, okay, however it's done. But they, they really sneak in over a period of time, and they're matching your thoughts, and then they drift a little bit away from that, and you think it's your own thoughts. Yeah, that's, you noticed it, I guess, called. evidently, so you've caught on. I don't know what, I don't, I, I don't understand what you're no, you don't. Okay, maybe someone. Maybe someone. Well, I have the same experience when I write. Better. I don't have it when I speak, but I will be writing, and then I'll look it over, and there will be a word in there I don't use. I did not mean to put it, and it doesn't even fit with the sentence. It's just right. one word. So I kind of that's have like what you have. That's called entrainment. That's where they're training you to listen to them and tra tra I didn't even hear anything. I didn't even hear the word in my right. brain. It right. Just, it's, I wrote it. It's either too low for your actual hearing to hear or it's too high. Oh, yeah, that could be infrasonic or, in, yeah, yeah, ultrasonic or infrasonic. Right. So who's the guy that I was just talking to? Go ahead. Go ahead. Excuse me. I have something to say. It's very yeah. important. It's Christina. Okay. Can I say something, please? There, there, this is artwork at its best, sorry to say. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they cuss me out. They tell me I'm in jail. They do a lot of things like that. But they're sneaking in on my regular thoughts. I, I started noticing it probably six months ago. And uh, I just know for sure that is not me. That's not me. You know, and my jokes, when I joke with people, start getting nastier. And so I pulled back on that. Uh, I don't mind, you know, a joke here and a joke there, you know, and, and you know, within reason. But boy, it started getting a little bit heavier, and I knew that was not me. That's not me. I believe completely different, you know, not to get nasty or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, they'll sneak in on you. They're sharp. Kind of a personality change, huh? Right. Yeah. You watch your own, and, and you know, we'll change through the years, but we're not going to change some of the stuff that you all said. What the hell did I say that, or why? Do I keep saying that more often now? You know, um, yeah. And so, okay, you you know what I'm saying, I think now. So there was a, a woman I don't want to use her name that used to be on the calls. I haven't heard her lately. Who talked about the forced speech thing? And I said, so when that happens, are you aware of it? And she says, absolutely. She says, I hear myself saying the words, but I'm saying to myself, wait a minute, those aren't the words I want to say. Where are they coming from? And she could actually have entire sentences. Right. That does happen. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. I also think one of the things we've been talking a little bit about that I and Skip were kind of alluding to 
is that that's something like subliminal messaging. So like for, for me, I consider myself an individual who's awakened. Like I'm going on. But there are people in my life, like my, my a certain sibling who I'm very close to who lives far away, but we're very close. Um, and then uh, family members. There are people in my life that they are definitely getting to on a much yeah. lighter level. But these people aren't acting differently. And, you know, and I think that this is the subliminal messaging I can come across everywhere in the country, I feel like. Yeah, you know, I, I feel, yeah it's happening to so many people. And I don't know why we're chosen and we're awake, but we are awakened. And that means we have a purpose. And so that's the thing. I just ask God, like, you know, not every day, because there are times I'm just getting through the day or through the week, you know. I, just, I, think, that, it, I yeah. think that there's a video um, on YouTube that you should listen to. It's by a doctor. James Giordano and in that video he talks about the three A's he has a three A program the first A is assess the brain and that means that they are surveilling you uh, covertly they're they're monitoring you, they're taping you, they're checking out your habits, what you like, what you don't like. The second A is to um, uh, access the brain, and that's remote neural monitoring, that's V2K, that's tra entrainment time. They're training you to accept their triggers, their subliminal suggestions. And the third A is access the brain, and that's where they go in and they start changing your habits or your medical or your financial and basically taking over your life. His name is Dr. James Giordano, and he works out of um, uh, Washington, D.C., and he did, a, a, I think he did a few uh, videos on YouTube, but the one thing that caught my attention besides this 3A program was that he was lecturing a group of people, but they were military people, and one of the questions that ran through my mind was, who was he telling all this information to? Uh, what, were they medical doctors? Were they psychiatrists? Were they drone operators? Were they handlers? What exactly were, why was he relating this information to them? I think and that he, 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 well, I did do one, wait a minute, he went into a lot of, a lot more in this video. It is remote neural monitoring, all the stuff that we're involved in, he went into. And you got to listen two or three times because he talks really, really fast. Now go ahead and get your comments. Thank you. Okay, I will. I will. Thank you. He's so smart. He's so good. He's, he's the one that studied a lot of the Cubans. He's probably right. the first one I think I've heard in this whole, whole arena so far. And it's an excellent video. It's uh, really kind of scary when you think about it. What basically... and. And then he's talking about ethics, and I think he just brought that up just to 
kind of say, well, you know, I'm going to throw this in for, for the good part, you know? Because basically what I was talking about was the bad part. Jesus, yeah. That's yeah. you know, what I meant. But basically, but, but if you look at that, if any of you watch that video, if Look at the audience. Now, they're young men, from what I've seen. You only see a part of the audience, a very small part of it. And they seem to be young men, but they're not in military-like combat uniforms. They're, in, they're dressed, you know, their shirts and pants. Dressed. As I said, at the university, I've seen them speak a couple of times at military universities. Right. Yeah. But Why? 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 Maybe he's just asked to teach about weapons and stuff. I mean, you know, they're going to learn about them, I suppose. No, but I know what she's saying. Like, in other words, like what he's sharing about access to the brain, you know, assault I know. into the brain. I know. I feel like he's going to be killed or something the way he's opening up all of a sudden. Well, I mean, okay, so, but I think with the question she brings to bear that why. Why is he teaching that to these groups of people? Like who? Like we can't, we can't even fathom this. You know, I mean, we're. So I agree. Um, you know, really. Why who is that? What? Who is that you're talking about? Uh, his the name is Doctor James Giordano. Giordano, Doctor James oh. Giordano. I'm gonna. G I. I think it's G I O R D A N O. What was I got his phone number. He he had a lab, and I called his lab and left a message, and he called me back, and it just freaked me out so much. I just I was like, what do I say to this man? You know what? How could I possibly make an impression? And I, because I didn't ever expect a reply. Wow. Okay. So I didn't. Okay. This is what I, so I didn't expect to reply. Was a problem. Always. This is what we always can say, and without saying we're targeting, we can say, "I'd like to know the countermeasure for that." Whatever it is, let's say someone's talking about gang stalking. Let's say someone's, someone's talking about neural monitoring. Someone's talking about um, radiation. Whatever they're talking about, we can say, without bringing up our personal story, what is the countermeasure to that? Because, you know, right, right now, um, Dr. Lighthouse is working on the countermeasures for the subliminal messaging that we're receiving. And he talked about it in an interview he did with um, LS3. It's on her radio station uh, YouTube video. Um, and he talked about that area and another area, and I can't recall the one, but he's looking into that um, countermeasure. So that's oh, is that a countermeasure for when they do it at night while you're sleeping? I've this what year ago. I love countermeasures. What is it? Um, it's playing a different, and I've tried it with V2K people. I don't have V2K, but I would wake up and I knew I had had subliminal messaging. I can't go through how I knew, but I knew. And yeah, so I started to think that. I have to occupy my conscious mind while I'm sleeping. It has something to do with that. So I made uh, different languages that I did not understand, and I would play it real light just so my mind was going. It was listening to the words, but I didn't know understand the words, so I wasn't being bothered by it. 
You know, my brain just said, you don't understand any of that. Just put it in the background. And it kept my conscious mind occupied, and it stopped them from getting me at night. I still play. You mean, you mean it kept your subconscious mind occupied, right? Um, right. No, my conscious mind. Well, your conscious hey, mind was asleep. Well, I thought it was my conscious mind because I could hear it. But I didn't get Oh, yeah, and it makes it easy. It's just like right now. Yeah, like right. Like that's the thing. Stay asleep. Yeah, I was conscious. You're right. I thought I was my conscious. Yes. Now I no. come home on the bed with really bad V2K, and he plays a Portuguese radio in the station all night. And he said, Barbara, stop my V2K." I said, "It's just at night, right?" He said, "Yeah, but it made it a lot worse during the day." The only time they were subliminally messaging me, so I yeah. I still play some. Oh, well, you know that that gentleman. Should, I know there's a girl here in this town. She had B two K for a number of years, and she just started with the Dave KCD. She's been doing it for about a month. It's almost completely stopped, completely healed. Yeah, some people have oh, yeah. So we got to tell that everybody, guy. Everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody B two K. Everybody gets V2K. It's how they, it's, yes, they do. It's how they control you. It's how they control you. It's either subliminal or, or it's pretty much not the subliminal. together is the best. 
Now, I don't know if that's what the perps are doing to us. I'm just wrong. Mm-hmm. So, the, the long distance is called far viewing. Yeah, but how do they hypnotize? They don't talk to them. How do you hypnotize somebody without talking to them long distance? I was hypnotized in a nightclub. I was. I had joined the Navy. I had joined the Navy, and I was very anxious about boot camp. I had knew nothing about it, and I knew that the best thing for me to do is to find something to relax me. So this friend of mine had a hypnotist, and I asked him to teach me how to self-hypnotize myself. And he said, okay, I'll meet you in this nightclub. It wasn't too too noisy, but noisy enough. And he sat there and he taught me how to hypnotize myself. And I used it all the way through boot camp. And after I got out and continued in the military, I did use it periodically, but after a while, I stopped using it, and if you don't use it, you lose it. But the Russians were doing it long distance. That's called far viewing. No, I'm not talking about remote viewing. I'm talking about hypnotizing somebody at long distance. Remote viewing is something totally different. I'm talking about how do you hypnotize somebody when they aren't in your presence? I don't, know, I don't really know the answer to that. But can I ask I the woman a question who said she would she she wanted to hypnotize herself during boot camp? Like, how did that work? What what was the purpose? What did it? How, how did you do it? And what did it help you get through? And do you remember the things that you did under the when you were in the hypnotic state? Like, can you explain? Tell a little bit about that. Well, I wanted to relax. I wanted to uh, get rid of any anxiety and have a restful night. And what he did was in the nightclub was he sat like opposite me and we were like knee to knee. I put my hands on my knees and he, he didn't use anything that I followed with my eyes like a charm or anything like that. He just talked to me. And I'm very susceptible to hypnosis. Some people are. They say 20% of people aren't. Some are practice can do it. But I'm extremely susceptible to it. And I've even, I've even found myself going under like if somebody is doing it hypnotic like that, I've even found myself feeling the effects of it. So, how do you do on some of these calls? There's some people that get on these calls and they have a very hypnotic, slow voice. Have you you heard any of these people speak on these calls? I'm wondering if you go under hypnosis with these. Because sometimes I think they're very hypnotic. No. Okay, I haven't heard any lately, but boy, years ago, there were a few. Okay, so ma'am, what you're saying is you just used hypnosis to sleep at night. That's what you did, correct? Well, no, I used it to alleviate anxiety, to uh-huh. to help me get over the... I was using it mostly in boot camp, which is a high-stress environment. Right, at night or in the day? When, when would you use it? Usually when I would get into my bunk. 
my uh-huh. son. And you would lay there and you'd still be highly stressed from your day. And that's when I would uh, start to go into, I don't know what brainwave you go into. Yeah, I just thought of something. Um, you know, uh, talking about um, what Epstein was it? Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, that uh, uh, pedophile dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, he was murdered in his jail cell. And and I don't I I have a theory. I don't think he was murdered because he was a pervert. I think he was murdered because maybe uh, he was going to disclose the fact of how he was how he was uh, um, uh, getting these politicians uh, these. Uh, teenagers. I think he was about to disclose the the uh, deep state secrets and how did how they do that and they had to get rid of him. And uh, I was just thinking maybe I'm a little bit in danger too. So if um, what I would like to ask is is there a a, a, a TI buddy I could have because if I'm getting close to the truth, I'm in real danger. So I would like a TI buddy that I could contact with uh, uh, like once a day to make sure things are all right. Uh, hey, Dutch, would you be willing to uh, uh, do that for me? Hello, Dutch. Anybody? A male preferred person. Why don't you ask Dirk, who's nearby you? I'm in uh, Houston. Yeah, I'm sure there's people in Houston. Yeah. That way you can get together as well. You know, you can kind of kill two birds with one. Yeah. Yes. Well, Dirk, you. Get me with some uh, some guy. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Oh, okay. Well, have someone... Never mind. I can't look it up. I wondered if anyone has Frank number. I'm so sorry. Okay. So, uh, if you want something, black paragraph, take a while. Sounds interesting. Maybe we'll get to respond. Yeah, that'd be great. I am so curious what you're almost on to, but I won't ask. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Can I ask the question? I said, I'm uh, so curious to ask you what you're almost on to, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, I'll be 
STI light. No, we were talking about hypnosis. Oh, hypnosis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm at a, hold on. We can hear you, but uh, just like, just hold on a second. Okay, guys. Yeah, I'd be uh, willing to hear TI, buddy. Yeah, that'd be great. What's your do? Okay. Now, do they have to be in person? You have to be in person? Uh, yeah. No, no, uh, just phone contact. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was your name, sir? Uh, my name is Rod. I'll give you my email. It's it's R O D. It's Rod Ravel. R O D R E A V is a Victor E L L at yahoo.com. So it's Rod Ravel. Rod Ravel at yahoo.com. Great. So if you email me, I'll hook up with you. I'll do that. That sounds great. I appreciate it. Okay. Keep this hostage, Jeff, uh, if you want. Yeah, sure. Um, well, one other thing, Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we spoke last Saturday, um, Saturday a week ago, about um, uh, getting um, something. Uh, uh, I told you I would get with um, the uh, uh, website uh, from um, uh, Judicial Watch. Tom uh-huh. I emailed them, and uh, I haven't heard anything back yet, but uh, I expect to uh, sometime uh, this week, so I keep it posted. Okay. And uh, let's see how that goes. Okay, great. Thank you. That's, uh, that's um, a FOIA request, remember? Hmm. See if we can get uh, the power behind a FOIA request. Anyway, I'll I'll keep you clued in on that. Uh, I'll probably talk to you next Saturday then. Okay, that'll be great. All right, thank you. Okay, well, I have a few questions about this um, this venture. Maybe they'll be uh, answered when uh, we call that. Right. Hello. about that a week ago and uh, I heard uh, 
couple of people say that uh, they weren't having much luck with it. And uh, I thought um, maybe if we went through somebody who had some clout, like a Judicial Watch, who who are constantly uh, processing FOIA requests, and uh, if they don't get the answers they want, they sue. They sue for FOIA requests. So, um, uh, so maybe we can get somewhere with getting some uh, real quality information from FOIA instead of getting rejected.
Anybody there? Uh, no. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, oh, it sounded like a room. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm just, I'm that's Jerry. <laughs>
Hello? Who's there? I'm here. Did the call end? I don't know. I just got back. <laughs> and it sounds like somebody's snoring. Yeah. I don't know where everyone went. It was going strong about 30, 40 minutes ago. Uh-huh. Even like 20 minutes ago, and then something happened. I don't know. I don't know if I missed it. I left the phone for like two minutes, and I came back, and then no one was there. Oh, really? Okay. It's kind of trouble then. Are you the one that was talking about the 3A program? No, I wasn't talking at all. No. Somebody's trying to talk. Yeah, who's that? Is that you sleeping? What? Were you just sleeping, snoring? No. Oh, that's weird. Somebody's snoring. Uh, I just got back to. Uh, did it did it cut itself off there for a while? Oh, I didn't I didn't hear it. Okay. So quiet. It was. I was. I listened for about an hour, and everybody was talking. And then I went and did something else. And then all of a sudden, it was nothing. We've had a lot of uh, controversial topics. This evening. Oh. Okay. How are you doing tonight? I think, oh, I got your book, and everything. That was fine. Okay. Good. Good. Um, took a while. But, um, well, you did. I'll never know for sure about mail. <laughs> you know how that is. Anyway. Oh, well. Otherwise, uh, I mean, I do believe in, in Christ. I do believe in... Yep. We talked about that. I know we have over the years. That that book, though, just helped me a lot in, uh, you know, learning some things that I already believed anyway. And it, he, he really got into it, I thought. In an interesting way, because he didn't believe it. <laughs> he didn't believe it, and his wife did. And then he was going to uh, prove that she was wrong. And after he really did all that research, he um, he was he converted himself. So that was pretty good. Anyway, it uh, it just makes for a good reading for me, especially after I got targeted, because that's when I thought this is timeline to get you know to figuring out. Trying, you know, trying to figure out how God looks at things. Because I always looked at it the way I looked at things. And I thought, maybe I better look at it his way. And it's helped me a lot. So, anyway, I hope it does. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, hi. It's Christina. No, I got some important information here. Um, there's a place that's... Pardon me? No. Well, I got some important information. Uh, There's a person here. 
Can somebody hear me? Does anybody hear me? Hello? I was wondering what the second A was on that 3A program. Do you remember? Is anybody there?
what uh, what's going on, Terry? Uh, I'm pausing the conversation. Oh, okay. I thought I was losing it there for a minute. So, okay. I'll sit back and listen. Thank you. Okay. Is this a video? Or is there real people on there?
you there, Derek? Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I slipped away for a walk and I came back and it's like dead silence. I got an email from Keith. Are you looking at trying the organite? Um, I I don't know. I've tried some in the past. And... Oh, you have? Because I ordered some. I, I'm a little going back and forth about Keith because he's kind of new at it, and I hear you really have to know what you're doing. I might get a little something from him because I've talked to him and I know he's trying to make money. But I ordered. I got a website from Africa, and these guys are pretty big time. They've been doing it since 2002. So I ordered from them a pyramid. So maybe I'll be the guinea pig. I've just been doing research because I haven't understood it. And the more research I've done on Oregon, the more it's kind of like, sounds like a good possibility. But I do hear you have to know what you're doing. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, I've heard that. And, um, uh, I'm, not sure. huh? I'm not sure. Um, I haven't had, well, to my knowledge, I haven't had negative experiences. What What did you get that you tried? Well, like, I tried pyramid. It was um, okay. It's about maybe three inches high, and I see. Um, and I had I had some necklaces uh, and she um uh, to wear. Um one I ordered was rather um I tried wearing it though it's too strong. Yeah, I don't think I can wear anything personally. I don't even know about the pyramid. What what's in your pyramid, do you know? Uh I guess it's the usual stuff. Okay, so you've got crystals and copper and maybe silver shavings, but what rocks are in it? Do you have any rocks oh. in it? Like tourmaline or, you know? Oh, well, I don't have it with me. I don't have it with me at the time. Yeah. Did you get it from a company that knew what they were doing? I mean, did you do research or just? Well, um, yeah, it's, it's online. There's lots of them on eBay. Um, and I look there and, um, you know, they seem to know what they're doing. I, I'm not sure, you know, what makes one different from the other. Well, there a lot of them are made with different stones. Like some are made with tourmaline and organite or um, shungite, and some are made with amethyst, and that's where I got confused. And you want powder, you don't want the little stones because the powder is more powerful. And you have to know exactly if you've got a pyramid where to put the crystals in each corner. It's, it's I guess, it's kind of a scientific process in a way. That's why I ended up going with this African company because they've been around since 2002. Okay. Um. I uh, I thought I would try something. Well, there's there's uh, lots of people that make it, and um, I wasn't uh, real sure, you know, which ones to go with. Me neither. I was totally overwhelmed when I went online. Um, but when I've ordered it, I haven't hadn't noticed the difference. 
He wasn't working out in jail, so it couldn't have been from that. Yeah, there was some, some story about the jail. I don't remember the details. It's been a while since I read that. Yeah, he went, uh, I know that he went to jail as far as I know. Uh, so I'll agree with the gone to jail one. Yeah. Government stopped him from uh, making that stuff. Uh, that. They didn't want him to. So he was placed in jail. I mean, you know, I think that's quite amazing. That the power of that energy by harnessing it can be that powerful. I personally think that's what our, our what the purpose are doing. I really do. I think they're using that energy. I know that countries know how to tap into it by now, for sure. They are using everything that keeps us sane. That's right. But that's pretty powerful energy if you tap into it. Yeah, I've even tried the Shanghai. I have tons of Shanghai. Okay. I, in the beginning when my targeting was slight, I used to have a Shanghai headband, and it did help, but only in the beginning. Shanghai uh, takes it into it, so you have to keep putting it out in the sun or burying it in the ground, because it sucks right. it in. When I went to bed at night, I put Shanghai in the right sock, you know, and in my left sock. Woke up in the middle of the night with the the, the stones feeling like they're red hot. Really? I had to take them out of my sock, uh, you know, on the wow. right side and left side. I thought it would help my feet. I did. I was the one that said that because I wear one on each ankle. I, I yeah, wrap, me, yeah. Were hot, and I had to take them out. But they've never gotten them. hot. You must yeah. get Yeah, just different. like red hot marbles or something. Yeah. Unbelievable. I've had that with crystals, but not with Shanghai. Yeah, yeah. Well, it helps it in. It sucks it in. That's what Shanghai does. That's why every day I had to put it out in the sun or bury it. Why didn't do that? So maybe I didn't do something right. But boy, oh boy, I couldn't. I've never had them out of my. Never have I got had my gun hot. But you get burned in the feet. I get yeah, oh yeah, I get burnt real bad. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah, that's probably why. Could be. It's good stuff. I mean, I have big, big egg-sized ones all over the house. But it doesn't stop, doesn't stop the attacks. Definitely not. Now, the reason I'm going toward this organite is because it supposedly doesn't soak it in. Like, because of the way the organite is made with the crystal stuff, supposedly it neutralizes, but it doesn't take it in like Shanghai does on its own. That's what they say. I'll let you know. I mean, I ordered one. But coming from Africa, it's probably going to take five weeks. Toy that I really am liking is this tuning fork that's set to the earth vibration because they can they'll make me really agitated when I get burnt and I just come in and I put that thing, tap it on my knee and put it around the back of my knee, get over my body and it calms me right down, grounds me perfectly. Hmm.
know, I've had love for a while, a while back, and I try to let people know about it, but most people are kind of different. But um, you have V2K, and you think it helps V2K? It doesn't help with that. I, I was just, I was trying to, uh, I was actually just going to, um, I was just, uh, just kind of looking into overall health. Oh, okay. Well, then see, that's where the stones come in. Stones in, and then they put the crystals and the copper in to magnify what the stones represent. So if you wanted overall help, I don't know what you, I don't know my rocks very well, but there must be some specific stones and rocks that help with certain issues. So you would put that in it with the copper and the crystals to magnify it. So that's why I asked you what was in yours. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where it is now. Like they make some with shungite and tourmaline, which are things that are supposedly help with EMS. Oh. And other ones maybe have amethyst and rose quartz, you know. And when I was talking to Keith, that's why I didn't go with them right away, because he said, well, get online and find out what symptoms you have and what stones you want. And I said, oh, my God, that could take me weeks. Because <laughs> I don't know anything about stones and rocks and what they do. Where did you get your tuning fork? Oh, let me read it because I got a specific one that was recommended. And I love it. Oh, my God, I love it. And don't forget if you get one to put it on your third eye as well. Okay, it's O-M-N-I-V-O-S dot com. And the one you want is 136.1 hertz. And underneath it has the word earth on it. So if you get agitated at all, like I get agitated before I get burnt and I get all hyper and stuff, it's a big issue for me. Uh, this really helps. I do it first thing. I get up in the middle of the night and I'll do it. Another thing that I find really helps is a product called Thieves. It's expensive, but it's an oil, and I put it between my toes and behind each ear and on my forehead. And um, between those two things, I probably calm down in about five minutes. I can go back to bed. What if they're messing with you all day long? See, I get on and off. You're hyper all day long? No, I get messed with and you know like burnt by my tortures all day long I don't get the day I consider myself lucky I have but I don't now don't ask me why but all night I'm up I get burnt all night 60 airplanes flying by harassing me all day turning on and off my appliances with every you know just Popping all over the walls, popping along the walls as I'm walking through oh, the house, harassing me. I found that with popping and all the noises, like somebody's falling from your ceiling and all that, I've discovered this is me personally. That what they're trying to do is get my attention. And 
I would be up all night with horrible sounds, like people were in my closet or on my roof and all of this. literally people to watch to do that. Yeah, but they stopped doing it. I, I still think it was more to get my attention somehow. I, I don't know why. That's the perception for me. And it took immense concentration not to even let my thoughts you know, I heard it go to the fact that it was annoying people. What when you're doing that, you're talking about it. What I said, when you're assigned that, and when you're coming at you with one lady, and it's like 24 or something right in your country, when you're trying to send to that AI, more already targeted, that you can see the person like. Okay. 
The woman who is going to get the tuning fork, is she there? Oh, yes, ma'am. Uh, I suppose I should soak in the tub and get ready for that. wrap up for tonight and some lively discussion tonight. Uh, you guys have a good week.
through a, a process of preparation of getting people, first of all, stage one, addicted to technology that they hold, holdables, smartphones, tablets. That, I mean, that's basically achieved. I mean, you just have to walk through a city and you see the, the addiction. And they're targeting specifically the young. Why? Because the young of today and uh, the children of today are going to be the adults when they want to bring this AI um, connection in full blown. For that to happen, they have to get people addicted to technology to the point where they'll accept it and natural thing in the world. I, I'm coming up 67. I was born in 1952. So I have a compass. I know what the world was like before. People being born into the world now, this is the world, only world they've ever known. And so, um, you know, they don't have that compass of what the world was like before. But this is the world and technology and this is how it works. And I, I know from you know, the time I've lived just is and how fast it's come in, like, like out of almost nowhere. And so the first stage is to get people addicted to technology to the point where at the most extreme, they'll get up in the dead of night and they'll, will, they'll queue standing line outside an Apple store to get the first uh, of the new technology. And what they want eventually, and not too distant into the future, is people basically lining up to be connected to AI. In the same way that people in Sweden now are having parties to celebrate someone being microchipped, right? This is this is it's all all this connects. So the next stage, because the the idea is to get in the body, the next stage is to um, get on the body. So we went from just holdables, we went to wearables, we went to Bluetooth and Google Glass and Apple Watches and all these other gadgets that go on the body now. Even what they call electronic tattoos that are basically microchips on the skin. And the next stage is to go in the body, which is already starting in places like um, Sweden. And the idea is to take this on. And people like Ray Kurzweil, who is a Google executive. I mean, Google and Facebook are really at the cutting edge of this stuff. People think it's a social media operation only or a, a search engine only. No, no, no. Um, this whole Google group now, which is given the name Alphabet, um, uh, are absolutely at the cutting edge of this whole AI technology. So is Amazon. So is uh, 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 got contracts worth hundreds of millions of dollars with the CIA and the Pentagon for cloud services. And stuff. Yeah, they have massive data services. Massive, yeah. Consumers don't see. So the idea is to, is to take this on. And what Kurzweil is saying, and he, he claims an 80% success rate in, in his predictions of incoming technology and when it will come in. But, you know, if you know when it's going to come in, then you've got a great chance of predicting it. And, you know, you know, it's like if you know when a, a stock market's going to fall because the people you are connected to are going to make it fall, well, you're going to get out just before it falls and you're going to get in just before you know they're going to push it up. I mean, it, you know, you don't have to be, you know, Nostra Bloody Damas if you know the script. 
But anyway. if this was his agenda, maybe he shouldn't tell us. Yeah. Or is it so clever no. that he's telling us? No, this is why he's telling us. Because it's, it's the sales so pitch. Okay. The sales pitch, <laughs> this is why they're being... We have the illusion of choice that yeah. we're going to be a part of it. They. This is the sales pitch, and this is why they're telling you. The sales pitch is when we connect to artificial intelligence, um, we'll be superhuman. That's what the sales pitch is. That's his sales pitch. Right, That's Siri, sales pitch. Alexa, all yeah, these things. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll come to them in a second. They're very, very interesting, very important. Okay. Um, so what you've got um, is the idea that connect to AI and you'll become superhuman intelligence. No, you'll become subhuman intelligence. You'll become artificial intelligence and whoever controls artificial intelligence will control every the perceptions of every mind that it's connected to um and that's that's the sales pitch but then then that's the reality of what it really means now if you're going to make a physical connection with ai you're not going to do that on a mass scale until you've made a psychological connection and um, there is a, a process, uh, a psychological process, which is known as preemptive programming. Preemptive programming is, is this. You're going to usher in a world so different, so dramatically different to what anyone's been used to, that you're going to have an obvious resistance purely by the chasm of difference between um, the world people are used to and the world you're taking them into. A resistance that says, hold on a minute, you, you, you want to do what? What? I, 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 what? So you prepare them for it through preemptive programming. You put out a stream of movies out of elite-controlled Hollywood you put out television programs, you put out books, you put out all these things that basically portray the world you want to take people into. This is why you've seen so many movies about control by robots, control by technology of um, synthetic humans, which has the transgender agenda very much uh, a part of it. Uh, connected to it. You have the the um, synthetic humans, uh, uh, consciousness going into synthetic humans. You have the dystopian society being portrayed and portrayed and portrayed. And what that's doing, it's making the subconscious, to, to an extent the conscious mind, familiar with the world you want to usher in. So when you literally start to bring it in, there's not that chasm that there would have been before there is almost a familiarity with it because you prepared people by portraying it over and over again in in and another part of this psychological connection with artificial intelligence so we'll accept the outcome that i've talked about is these Alexas and these Echoes and these so-called office assistants or personal assistants. I've met people who've got one in every room. And you start to interact with them as if they're human. 
And now they're bringing in internet-connected um, toys for kids, even little kids, and Barbie dolls that they can actually have conversations with artificial intelligence. They're now bringing in these uh, robots that are uh, these synthetic robots that are looking more and more uh, like humans, a lot of them coming in from, from the East. Um, and this is a whole psychological process of familiarizing um, us with artificial intelligence getting people to interact with it until it becomes the most natural thing in the world. Well, is this a positive thing? What if it makes us live better lives? Could it be? Well, um, if, if you want to use artificial intelligence to make things happen in an, a, a more efficient way, well, there's an argument for that. But that that's not an argument for connecting AI to the human brain and the human uh, perceptual processes um, so that so that artificial intelligence becomes those processes. And I'm not just saying that. Ray Kurzweil says this, that, that by 2030, um, the connections will be start to be made between artificial intelligence and the human human brain. And the human brain will be connected to what he calls the cloud. Another name for this is the smart grid, basic, basically to artificial intelligence. And he says this too, because his sales pitch is it will be fantastic, it will be superhuman, that as um, time passes, artificial intelligence will be uh, more and more of human thinking and human perception until basically it's the totality of human thinking and human perception, at which point we won't be human anymore in terms of the consciousness processes we are using today. We will be artificial intelligence. And this is the assimilation I'm talking about. If you, if you are connecting the human mind to a grid, a global technological grid, that grid can be centrally controlled. It will take at the center point very, very few people to run it and even fewer to decide how it's run.
drives a lot of people crazy is how how many people are obsessed with materialism and getting the latest greatest thing and i wonder how much of that is well a lot of it is most certainly fueling technology and innovation and it almost seems like it's built into us it's like what we like and what we want that we're fueling this thing that's constantly around us all the time and it doesn't seem possible that people are going to pump the brakes it doesn't seem possible at this stage where we're constantly expecting the newest cell phone latest tesla update the newest macbook pro everything has to be newer and better and that's going to lead to some incredible point and it seems like it's built into us it almost seems like it's a, an instinct that we we're working towards this that we like it mm-hmm. that our job just like the ants build the anthill our job is to somehow or another fuel this Yes. Um, I I made this comment some some years ago, but it feels like we are the biological bootloader for AI, effectively. We are building it. Hello. Um, I want to um, share some thoughts about how how the future invention of uh, artificial intelligence is... um, is affecting us in the present. Um, and um, maybe at, at first uh, glance, it, it seems strange that the future events can influence uh, something in the present. It, it's not the normal way we're conditioned to think. Uh, but it is, you know, space and time is, um, it is a connected. Uh, entity or what you call it, sometimes called space-time. So um, when important big uh, events happen, like for instance the invention of um, of the real artificial artificial intelligence, um, that's a really important uh, thing in uh, or event in human history. Uh, that event will create a ripple. Uh, effects uh, and also uh, will be noticeable for us in the present. Um, so how does this affect us? How is that sensed in the present? Um, maybe you're familiar with the Milgram experiments. Uh, Stanley Milgram, he uh, he's a sociologist, sociologist. He made some experiments uh, and they have been reproduced a lot of times. Uh, teacher, student, um, um, uh, studies where where the teacher is is giving a, an electrical shock to the student when he or she doesn't uh, answer correctly, and this is of course this is a setup. You know the student is not really getting electrocuted, but uh, the teacher thinks so. And Studies show is that uh, about um, something like seventy percent of all normal people uh, are willing to to uh, inflict a lethal electrical shock on an on an innocent person. Uh, so when they do that, you could say that's a kind of consciousness that clicks in. Um, and uh, this 
consciousness that clicks in and is visible in these experiments is, is a consciousness that's it's devoid of uh, emotional contact. It has no uh, contact to the body. It's purely intellectual. Um, and this consciousness is, is um, you could say it, it is affecting us today. It's, it's, um, um, we feel the effect of that consciousness uh, in us. Um, yeah, so uh, does this uh, does this resonate with you that that um, that the future invention of AI is actually uh, Sending sending a, a wave back in time to, to this time, and um, and um, and is um, that consciousness is present here, non emotions and not connected to the body, uh, but can can animate the body. There is a very clear prediction that our most successful theory of nature makes, and that is that there are an enormous number, mind-bogglingly large number, of parallel realities, as real as this one, that have different consistent histories. So imagine a world where all of the laws of physics as we know them are obeyed, but different decisions were made along the way. Different decisions at the level of tiny microscopic particles, different decisions all the way up to what you just chose to eat for lunch and whether you chose to come to this session or not. Quantum mechanics makes a very specific prediction that all of those are as real as the thing that you remember. And this is bizarre because we don't see those other things. But science has reached the point now where we can build machines that exploit those other worlds. So the way I think about it is that the shadows of these parallel worlds overlap with ours. And if we're smart enough, we can dive into them and grab their resources and pull them back into ours. This is what they look like. There are two of them. These are from our lab in Burnaby in British Columbia. From the outside, they look like giant black monoliths, big metal boxes, about 10 feet on a side, 12 feet tall. And they are powered, they have a fridge inside them, a refrigerator that cools these chips to almost absolute zero. Just a wisp, a fraction of a degree above absolute zero. Hundreds of times colder than interstellar space. Amongst the coldest and most isolated and extreme conditions that humans have ever been able to engineer. These fridges, interestingly enough, which are called pulse tube dilution refrigerators, have a thing called a pulse tube, which emits a sound roughly once per second, which sounds eerily like a heartbeat. So if you're you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it is an awe-inspiring 
thing, at least for me. It feels like an altar to an alien god. It, they really are impressive machines.
stalking, cause stalking, or gang stalking. Let me give you a little background on myself. I'm a former United States Army military policeman. I was attached to the drug suppression team investigation division, United States Army, Nuremberg, West Germany. I have trained military law enforcement skills, and I am putting them into use to use them to catch these individuals. Community stalking is, uh, I wasn't even familiar with the term for, for a good part of the last year. We recently moved into a house, and uh, shortly before we moved in there, we noticed some odd behavior concerning events around my family. Um, Walking, uh, multiple burglaries at the residence, uh, minor property damage on more than one occasion, and, and more than your norm for what's, what's happening. Then we started noticing computer intrusion. I ended up having to repair and replace up to five different units uh, so far. A community is an individual or a group of people that band together either be hired by an organization that may want to mirror a local individual or citizen for whatever reason they're hired for, or a group could move into a neighborhood of my research and pick a target for sheer training purposes, the individuals that, that do this. Um, the way that it's designed is basically psychological methods. Um, it is designed to drive the target to commit criminal acts against himself or the individuals that they suspect is doing this to them so that the individual that's the target ends up looking like the bad guy. It's quite well planned and it's very well organized. Um, the only reason that I discovered what it is is I started searching on the internet and I started plugging in the incidents that were happening to my and a page, several pages come up, and there seems to be groups across the country that have risen up against this situation to try and bring it to light, to bring it to the community's attention about what's going on. It is a very, very difficult crime to detect. Another concern I have is if a group or target like this was to pick a person of importance, such as a city councilman or a mayor, could have devastating consequences. Uh, for the individual or the individual's family, just based on what we went through and what I've seen on the internet based on testimony from other people that they went through this. It's not an act that's designed to happen in a day. By mere design, it's designed to happen for months. And usually the victim or the target of the situation doesn't even realize it's happening until they do what I do. They take the active approach and start researching and finding out what's going on. And they realize that this criminal group, is it does indeed exist. One of their secrecy and the mere design of it to keep them from being caught the stalking part is a big part of it if you can't prove you're being stalked and you go to the individual you go to the police department you say hey i've seen five cars every day i leave my driveway they see five cars are behind me or every time i go to the store the same individual is approaching me at the register that's in the beginning how you start to notice things it's very small minute details um i'll give you an example of some of the things that other people across the nation have noticed about groups like this the vehicular Stalking is a common tool, and they don't use one, they don't use five, they don't use ten. They can use up to 20 to 50 different individuals that are involved in this situation. And the next question that I get is, well, how do they get that many people involved in this, and how do they get them to cooperate without speaking forward? Somebody should say something somewhere to their friend in church or their neighbors. A tool that they use is they will approach your neighbors, associates, and contacts. They will say to these individuals, 
hey, we are working with the police department. We are watching this individual. And we suspect them for child molestation, or we suspect them that they're, you know, a serial burglar in the neighborhood. It is a smear campaign. The individuals think that they're approaching to help them with that. They're not going to come forward to say anything because if they do, it could put the investigation in jeopardy that's going on around them. It's a nasty campaign. It is a very, very bad situation. And I have decided to, I put law school on hold. I put my life on hold. I, I was about to launch it when this all really hit the table. And I would like to lobby for municipal ordinances to make the mere act of being involved in community stocking illegal. Community stocking is a group of organized individuals that migrate from town to town or city to city. And they receive orders that they have been hired from a that can afford to do so. The individuals then arrive at the target's city and they begin to study the target without the target's knowledge. Community stalkers have taken residence around a target's home. Someone is always watching. The moment I approach the porch, traffic will increase and start to circle the property. Just like clockwork, they gather data on the target's destinations on a daily basis. They target and photograph friends, acquaintances, and business associates and mark them for later contact without the target's knowledge. The purpose of the contact of the individual associates of the target at a later date is so that they can spread propaganda and lies about the target in order to gain additional assistance from individuals in helping to track the target. That vehicle that you've seen approaching was sitting at the stop sign for at least a minute, and you would have observed that there was no traffic blocking his way or for the vehicle to be waiting for oncoming traffic so that he could proceed. What he was trying to do was determine what it is exactly I'm doing. In a moment, another group of vehicles will begin to circle. You will see one approach and then another and another. I'm going to guess from the left and the right and straight forward from where the car was with the headlight that you just observed that was sitting there watching the property. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. Earlier today, I posted a video of the vehicular stocking and give you an example of just how busy the street was. In most locations, if the street is that busy at any given time of day, there should be at least a small amount of traffic trickling at all hours of the night. As you have noticed in this video, there is not. Community stocking was originated from scientists in another country from a different era and was utilized by our own terroristic tactic against a targeted individual. The group operates under secrecy. They depend on the secrecy to keep themselves in operation. If you have enough money, you can hire them. I have founded a new foundation, TAPS, Tracking and Pursuing Stalkers. The foundation will gather evidence on each community that we are notified stalkers are operating in. The foundation will begin to solicit donations and ask for grants from the government so that we may acquire the proper equipment. Track and trace these vile monsters down. I have put my life on hold, my law school, and my business because they chose a member of my family to be a target. I will not and cannot let this happen. Now, some of you may or may not be aware, organized stalkers have certain characteristics about them when they're doing vehicular stalking. For example, one are always on that will set them out from the rest is the fact that they will have their parking lights on and not their headlights. No vehicle is manufactured with automatic parking lights. 
particular stalkers operate in large groups of people. It is important that she take snapshots of the license plates and the individuals driving them. Stalkers have several qualities that people have noticed on the web, several modes of operation that they do when they're stalking an individual. It's a 50% chance that the vehicle with headlights on is a vehicular stalker in this neighborhood. I have begun actively speaking at all city council and neighborhood association meetings and would recommend that all victims begin the process. One of the important things that we need to establish is credibility. The goal of the stalking is to destroy your credibility so that when you call the police and make reports, the items that you are noting, such as several vehicles circling the property, all of them with their headlights on, one of them or half of them only has the right front hubcap missing. The purpose of the stalking is not to hide it from you. The purpose of the stalking is to sensitize the target so that they know they are being stalked. Once that process begins, you start to notice all of the little minute things that they are doing. For example, when you go to the store and you walk in the door, you will, by now out of habit, notice certain individuals. You make eye contact with them, and there's something about them, a little feeling in the pit of your stomach. But you remember them when you go to check out at the register because somehow, every time the particular person that you happen to notice when you walk into a retail store happens to walk up to the register at the exact same time you do. This is a sensitizing technique and a favorite among community stalkers. Another situation that you will notice among vehicular stalkers is the fact that they always have a cell phone up to their ear. Take as many pictures as you possibly can. We are hip to the fact that they take up residence around the target so that they can monitor the target 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We believe these individuals can be revealed once we've identified three or four vehicular stalkers and we begin to do background checks on them and we start to monitor them 24-7. Some of the things that we are discovering is the residences that they have. They will have multiple residences in one city. Up to 20 is what we have found so far for the three that we are particularly interested in. We will find a common pattern. We will find out who these people are, why they do what they do, who pays them to do what they do. I will not rest until this group and every group like them across the country is put in prison.
Hello. My name is Tracy James Givens, and I need your help. I am a target of stalking and electronic harassment and would like my story to be told. This may well be the worst case of bullying in U.S. history, simply because of who the perpetrators turn out to be. I feel there will be no difficulty in documenting the harassment is actually taking place, since the perpetrators have involved the entire city and more in their campaign, a campaign that has gone on for years. Abuse of power and authority, misappropriation of funds, sales of government technology, are just a few of the things we'll while narrowing down the perpetrators in this case. I further feel it will lead to other issues such as fraud, health scams, insurance scams, and social security fraud, while leading to an organized criminal group involved in child pornography, forced prostitution, extortion, slavery, and human trafficking. By exposing the perpetrators in this case, it will help many other targets across this nation and lead to stiffer laws and penalties being enacted with better resources for victims. My name is Tracy James Givens, and I'm being bullied. Hello, everyone. I don't know how, how this is going to come out. I'm making this outside of Starbucks here in Forest Hill, Texas. My name is Tracy Givens. I'm trying harassment target living here in Fort Worth, Texas. The perpetrators. Well, first, let's cover electronic harassment. Electronic harassment is not your normal harassment. Right? It's not monitoring your phone or your computer, although that is part of it. It's not just stalking you around as normal surveillance is because it is surveillance. Electronic harassment does encompass surveillance. After all, how could they try to drive you insane if they didn't know what you're doing. So it encompasses stalking both inter and intra, which means stalking around your local unit, your local uh, area, I should say. Plus, if you travel, like I travel a lot driving a truck, they'll follow you into other states. Same group of people, all that stuff. But it's, it's more than just uh, monitoring your phone, your mail, your emails. It's not just uh, putting hidden microphones and cameras in your home, although they do this. They do this to a lot of targets, myself. No, electronic harassment as a whole, this surveillance, turns the target, like myself, into a walking, talking piece of surveillance equipment. They have the ability to see through my eyes in real time, hear through my ears, everything that's said. And this was for top-level diplomats traveling abroad. Of course, diplomats, they would be informed of this, and their staff would sign waivers saying that they understood they were under surveillance while they were in this person's presence. And that was a great tool back in the day. You know, a uh, great tool. But electronic harassment, what happens is they tell a lie, and they get you under some type of surveillance. I was supposed to be a drug dealer and a murderer. That's what excuse they're, they're telling to say they put me under this type of surveillance. The highest level of surveillance the United States government knows, even if I was dealing drugs, even if I did kill 10 people, 20 people, that does not work. I do not fall within the category, but yet I'm placed under this surveillance.
and these members in it have just happened to uh, bypass all the laws. Are you being stalked, harassed, and privacy violated? As you work, personal life and sabotage are ruining you. Don't know why. Are you experiencing trouble with your phone, email, and internet services? Or are you being denied help from governing and city officials? Understand this and be clear. Um, anybody, anybody that engages in organized gang stalking expeditions towards me, I will expose you one day. I don't care who you are or who you think you are or who you're connected to. I will expose you. And I don't care if it makes me appear crazy or not. I will expose you. Gang stalking will not be tolerated. All over the world. To organized gang stalking across the globe. People are watching in communities and neighborhoods. People watching. People listening. People sharing information. People filming individuals and vehicles. Documenting. Exposing. Organized gang stalking and community harassment is a crime. There is nothing lawful about organized gang stalking and community harassment. It doesn't matter who's doing it or what their profession may be. All across America, people have decided. Enough is enough. The target are now targeting. People have decided it's time to crack the whip of organized gang stalking and community harassment. People watching, recording, exposing, and punishing those involved. We are part to destroy organized gang stalking today. For more information, visit Organized Stalking Informers on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash informers. You probably heard that. That's one of my idiots from down in the neighborhood. Here's your car right here. License plate number is Victor 61 X-Ray Mary Thomas. You might have heard him go in. Anyway, but what else encompasses it? They, they tell a lie. They put you on this surveillance. All right. Highest level of surveillance there is. They just take their word. Well, this surveillance also... For the top-level diplomats, like I said, they, it hears through their ears, sees through their eyes. It also has the ability to speak to them, and that's what it was for. Uh, if danger was approaching a top-level diplomat, they could just speak into a microphone like I'm doing, and he would hear it in his head. It's called microwave hearing. It's called synthetic telepathy or voice to skull. But this would give, you know, uh, the diplomat an idea of what's going on, which way he needs to, you know, exit the room. Uh, an example, you know, say something's going bad and, you know, they got this guy under diplomats. And they'd simply, we're just going to use George here, right? They would simply just say, you know, George or Mr. George, you need to depart the room through the door on your left as soon as possible. And he would hear this. They'd be talking in a meeting. Nobody else would hear it. 
he'd excuse himself to go to the restroom or get a drink or whatever. And you go through that door while whatever's going to happen happens. That was the use of this. That was the purpose of this. Top-level diplomats traveling abroad and high security risk to this nation. Terrorist shit like that. And of course, they wouldn't tell them, but that's what it's about. But these guys over the years have got this equipment and have been selling it to their drug-dealing friends and stuff like that. Of course, now we got this equipment loose on the street. Nobody can check the names on that. Nobody even bothers because they, they try to say that you're crazy, you're insane, you, you're hearing voices. You must be crazy. Man, there are 200 government documents that talk all about the technology, how the Air Force, how it was first discovered by a radar operator back in the 60s, could hear the, the sound of his radar in his head, et cetera, et cetera, how the government jumped on that and, you know, just went crazy. But electronic harassment is electronic surveillance of this highest nature, coupled with perverts at the other end. And they try to drive you crazy. They try to piss you off to where you look crazy, to where you kill one of them. But the ones out here on the street doing this tell some BS, and it's all forgotten. Nobody thinks anything about it. So it's very hard to get anybody to pay attention when you try to tell them what's going on. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that right fast. Electronic harassment is dangerous to the target. It's dangerous to the operators. It's dangerous to the general public. To make it worse, the ones operating it here in the Fort Worth, Texas area have been doing so for over 45 years. That gives you an idea who the family is right there. How many people have had access to this type of surveillance equipment for 45 years? What was the name? Check it out yourselves, all you government employees working and watching this. You have access. Look it up. Then look up who lives in my area, Fort Worth, Texas, Dallas area. Self-explanatory, y'all. Either way, these people are going to be locked up. The government's going to get involved. One way or the other. Enough is enough. That's the bottom line. That's just reality, folks. Thanks for watching. Pay attention to some more. Y'all have a great day. about mind war and gang stalking uh, information put out there but we will prevail and 
and by hook or by crook, I will make sure that you get this information. Now, everyone knows about gangs. We all know about gangs in the city ones, Crips and Bloods, and then 13. When they heard about stalking uh, and the various types, the lonely or psychopathic person who stalks somebody else or the middle or high school type of cyber stalking online or vice versa. But gang stalking that we're going to talk about today is very much more sinister than any and all of that put together. Organized stalking, stalking or vigilante stalking, and of course, harassment under the color of law. Well, the best way to explain this phenomenon is to let you all hear it straight from the mouth of an individual who has experienced this personally. I am going to start reading from a document entitled State-Sponsored Terror Campaign Evil by Mark Rich. Mr. Rich says, what is it? Organized stalking is a well-organized occult form of covert harassment used against an individual. It is done by large groups of people who systematically and repeatedly harass individuals. The people who participate are usually under the impression that they need to keep an eye on the targeted person or drive them out of town for wrongdoing. It often encompasses the use of directed energy weapons, such as microwave harassment. This can be a for-hire organized harassment service. These groups usually operate throughout North America and Europe and exhibit cult-like characteristics. They usually have local numbers ranging in the hundreds. This is also because cause stalking, gang stalking, community-based harassment, organized vigilante stalking, vengeance stalking, terrorist stalking, revenge stalking, covert action, microwave harassment, microwave mind control, etc. All of these labels explain the same basic phenomenon. Now, quoting from a book entitled The New Statements by Linda Blood, she says, Organized vigilante stalking is an occult form of terror slash mind control used against an individual in a malicious attempt to reduce the quality of a person's life so that they will have a nervous breakdown, become incarcerated or institutionalized, experience constant mental, emotional, or homeless, and or commit suicide. It is done using well-orchestrated accusations, lies, rumors, bogus investigations, setup, framing, intimidation, overt or covert threats, vandalism, theft, sabotage, torture, humiliation, emotional terror, directed energy weapons, and general harassment. It is a ganging up by members of the community who follow an organizer and participate in a systematic and ritualistic persecution of an individual. Organized stalking is a destructive criminal program built on deception that exists to serve the intentions of a few who are agenda, end quote. Now, Linda Blood had her own experience. She knows how freaky these people are and where they are mentally coming from. Now, it's important to note that not all organized gang or vigilante stalking is performed by Satanists, as we shall learn. Going back to the document entitled State-Sponsored Terror Campaigns, The Hidden Evil by Mark M. Rich, he says, this hate crime appears to be a combination of early mind control and harassment programs such as COINTELPRO and MKULTRA, as well as gang stalking tactics used by the KKK. The objective is to create 
so much pain in the environment of the person that they are driven to homelessness suicide. It is used to isolate and remove economical and social support structures and therefore destabilize the person's life with the intent to drive them to suicide. Basically, it's forever. They never leave you alone. You're followed out of the country and there's no way to get away from it. Although it would appear that this is a new phenomenon, it is not. Many tyrannical regimes throughout history have used local harassment games to neutralize dissent. Gang stalking is simply another manifestation of this pattern. Because most counseling centers and therapists deny the existence of these groups, it is impossible to prove just how many cases of depression, anxiety, suicides, and people going postal are caused by them. This is further complicated since many people are unaware that they are host type of parasites. The methods reportedly employed in these harassment campaigns, the only difference is that now electronic harassment and experimentation also appear to be more blatantly involved. The psychological aspect of gang stalking is identical to mobbing. It has the same root dynamics. For this reason, I'll make references to mobbing throughout this document. I'll also explain the shared dynamics later in the document. The mobbing phenomenon has been well documented and studied in other countries. However, it is only now beginning to receive attention in North America. When I, and this is of course uh, Mr. Rich uh, speaking here, uh, I'll talk about mobbing. I'm not talking about flash mobbing where hundreds of strangers will communicate via cell phone or email to meet at a public place and perform some type of synchronized act as reported by CNN and other mainstream media. No, the mobbing I'm referring to is committed by multiple people using subtle but repeated harassment, which takes place in the workplace and is difficult to prove. It is used to kick a person out of the workplace or even the workforce while leaving little trace. The logic is that it is less of a liability for the organization if you voluntarily than if they fire you. In addition, some organizations with sadistic intentions enjoy it as a form of folk harassment as well. So their primary intent might not be to drive a person out of the workforce. For an excellent explanation of how groups of people will not only turn against an individual, but will also participate in the repeated harassment and ultimate destruction of an individual to ensure their own survival, read the book called Mobbing. When researching the mobbing phenomenon, the authors discovered that it also took place in the community. However, when this type of organized harassment occurs out in public, many of those who are aware of it choose to refer to it as gang stalking since the labels previously mentioned. Now, you can think of mobbing as small-scale gang stalking, which takes place indoors. Quoting from a book entitled Mobbing, Emotional Abuse in the American Workplace by Elliot Schwartz says, until evil is named, it cannot be addressed. This book names mobbing, a common and bloodless form of workplace mayhem. An insidious and powerful subculture is threatened in the American workplace. All sorts of workplaces. Mean-spirited mobs are forcing capable, hard-working employees to flee from jobs they love. The mobs intentionally target and ultimately destroy innocent individuals, end quote. Organized stalking is mobbing, which takes place out in the community and is a much wider in scope. Mobbing is also contained within an organized stalking program targeted people who are actually employed. Some of those who experience mobbing may also be targeted for gang stalking, although they might not be aware of it. 
modding and organized thoughts and both employ repeated acts of emotional and psychological violence. If you are experiencing modding and are actively seeking employment, you may experience character assassination, which will prevent you from landing another job. If you are also being gang stalked, rumors may be spread about you in the community. These smear tactics work very well. If you are being mobbed and think you're having job opportunities trashed, you are probably correct. Gang stalking is alive in this country, and the politicians are denying that it exists. There are literally thousands of websites providing information about these crimes. Sites that explain the truth about what's going on. There are many sites that you should go and check out. Go to gangstalkingworld.com, go to talkoverwar.com, go to YouTube and check out Organized Stalking Informers. Are you being stalked, harassed, and your privacy violated? Has your work, your personal life been sabotaged or ruined and you don't know why? Are you experiencing trouble with your phone, email, and internet services? Are you being denied help from government and city officials? You are not alone. As many as one person per 100 are being targeted in North America. Same tactics get thrown on this list as all over the world, people are sick of being subjected to organized gang stalking. Across the globe, people are watching in communities and neighborhoods. People watching, people listening, people sharing information. People filming individuals and vehicles, documenting, exposing organized harassment activities. Organized gang stalking and community harassment is a crime. There is nothing lawful about organized gang stalking and community harassment. It doesn't matter who's doing it or what their profession may be. All across the people have decided enough is enough. The target are now targeting people have decided. It's time to crack the whip on organized gang stalking and community harassment. We will watch, record, and exposing and punish those involved. We are part to destroy organized gang stalking informers on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash OS informers. It's not necessary for mobbing to proceed gang stalking campaign, but some targeted people have reported they believe their harassment began as mobbing. Mr. Rich says it seems that mobbing may be done as a part of a strategy to promote helplessness and poverty if you're also going to be targeted for gang stalking. Mobbing is also an unwritten method used to get rid of people that the organization does not want to terminate and deliver a severance package to. In some cases, the only alternative is to leave with no job lined up. According to the book Mobbing, mobbing sometimes continues even after a person has left an organization. If you will also be targeted for gang stalking, you will most probably be blacklisted at that point as well. Unemployment will bring about your demise much quicker and induce hopelessness, which is one objective of gang stalking. The mechanism for mobbing is already in place in some corporations, as is the organized stocking program on an international level. Just because someone is targeted for mobbing does not necessarily mean they will also be gang stalked. Mobbing may just be isolated to the work environment. Now, the process of organized stalking and mobbing seems to work best when the target is unaware or in denial that they are being targeted. 
I call it a process because it seems to have a progression from the start. The more conscious you are of the progression, the better you'll be able to survive it. While there are many similarities regarding the tactics people experience, there are sometimes differences with who they believe is responsible for their harassment. Each case is different. However, many targets believe that this type of systematic harassment cannot occur with the without the state condoning it. So this document focuses primarily on state-sanctioned type of terrorism. Mainly, terrorism carried out by a federal agency, which is also the origin, or carried out by a federal agency on behalf of a corporation, an individual, or a group with connections. One reason that these cause-stalking groups are successful is because they operate in secrecy. The leaders are counting on you not being able to to face the horror of this epidemic. When you make someone aware of organized stalking, they are presented with a choice. They can believe you or they can deny that it exists. Some people don't have the constitution to acknowledge insanity of this magnitude. The denial is probably an unconscious protection mechanism that activates in order to prevent a nervous breakdown. is an enterprise run by field leaders who rally groups, which contain hundreds of people to repeatedly harass individuals with the intent to drive them to suicide. I believe that most federal law enforcement officers do not engage in harassing citizens. Some of them may be aware of the destructive activities taking place within their agency, but since it is condoned from higher up, there is not much they can do. Those familiar with gang stalking may explain the, the main components of this phenomenon in a different manner, but I have broken it down to three major components. The three basic components are number one, sponsorship and support that provides funding and uses its influence to allow the harassment to take place. Number two, groups of individuals that engage in cause stalking. Number three, directed energy weapons or DEW harassment. The funding of some of these terrorist stalking campaigns come from corporations who use them to stalk enemies or potential enemies. The sponsorship and influence may originate from the same sources such as a federal agency. Apparently, the sponsorship may also come from a corporation, a group, or an individual that uses, which is paid for, the influence of a federal agency. These field supervisors basically use their resources and influence as an engine to carry out these harassment campaigns. The people who carry out contracts for organized stocking represent the interests of people who supply their funding. Well, of course, in the past, these, uh, some of these federal agencies have subsidized, directed, and protected many of these types of vigilante groups. They're able to recruit neighbors, friends, and family of the target to participate in the harassment. This is done by using lies, threats, blackmail, and bribery. During COINTELPRO, these agencies included neighbors, friends, families, employers, landlords, religious organizations, and their focus investigations, i.e. harassment campaigns. Now, I would like to also uh, uh, put out here that it's not just those people, but also uh, cable installers, plumbers, you know, any kind of service personnel. Uh, that you may hire that come into your house can also uh, be a part of this. So keep that in mind also. He continues by saying contracts are put out on targets in the charge military, law enforcement, sheriff, and other paramilitary personnel place bids on these contracts. The structure resembles a compartmentalized pyramid. It consists of followers who participate in harassment, the leaders or field supervisors who corral them.
of the structure. At the bottom of the structure, the cost outwardly appears contracted. It offers fellowship to people who participate, and most believe that their cause serves a higher purpose. The compartmentalized pyramid system keeps the organizers and their financiers shielded from group activity. It also keeps the community members at the bottom of the structure ignorant as to the group's true intentions. The identity of the leaders of these groups would not be known to group members for reasons of national security. With federal influence, the passing of the USA Patriot Act, unlimited resources, and a vast pool of groups to draw from, these harassment campaigns can be devastating. They are also growing rapidly. The closest thing to this type of organized harassment has been COINTELPRO, but this, this new COINTELPRO is much more intense. Some journalists believe that COINTELPRO is back due to the loosening of laws that present, prevented this type of abuse, end quote. Well, the question, of course, we have to ask ourselves is why? Okay, well, there are actually several reasons. Number one, the U.S. military has all these nifty psychotronic and psychotronic weapons that they need to test out. And they choose individuals, individual citizens, to test them out upon. And individuals will never be believed by counselors or sometimes even families that they're being stalked or harassed by unnamed persons. We're talking about the reasons why people are gang stars. I mean, why would anybody do this to another person? Well, we talked about uh, the U.S. military needs to test out their weapons. Now, um, they have chosen just random people to see what will happen, uh, and they use specific people to see how far they can ruin this person's life and what works and what doesn't. We're going to talk about vigilantism and abuse of power reasons. And if you upset somebody in the power structure, well, they can descend to you, as we mentioned before. Uh, they can have a contract put out on you, and certain people will bid on that contract. Uh, as an aspect, other people who are experiencing gang stalking can know that, no, you're not alone. I mean, this happens. Uh, uh, it is beyond just the whisper campaign, which is, uh, you know, the slander around the community. You know, it's good to uh, for everyone out there to know that you are not alone. If you have uh, these bizarre and disturbing things happening to you, uh, it, it's not necessarily random. I mean, everybody has bad experiences uh, during the day, uh, from day to day, and that doesn't mean that you are being gang stalked. But... If these things are happening with a pattern, you know, start documenting them. Um, and there, there may be a reason that you don't even know about. If you, with the understanding you have acquired today, realize that these things are happening to you, please know right now that you are not crazy, you are not insane, and you are not alone in this. Um, I have looked up some resources for uh, people who are uh, being subjected to this. Okay, there are groups online you can go to in order to see that the same things are happening to you are happening to other people. Okay, and learn how other people have learned to cope. That is to stay sane through all of this. We all need to learn as much as we can about both the electronic harassment and the physical harassment techniques. Again, the the main thing is everybody needs to do their own research. And I know that uh, the information that I have presented today is highly disturbing. But 
Uh, we need to know this, okay? There are a lot of things going on in the world that we would rather not look at. You can learn for yourself. And once you learn, you know knowledge is power. I'm going to be talking. Be talking to you today uh, about electronic harassment, and I'm going to be talking from the Detroit area in Michigan. And I'm going to be illustrating today how uh, the electronic harassment is serving to further destroying the society, founding the effect of bad economy. You will see. Bad effect that's doing to the American society when I'm finished with the talk. Uh, yeah, let's start with about electronic harassment. Electronic harassment is something done using a military technology adapted to civilian technology called remote monitoring from satellite that orbit the, uh, orbit the globe, by which way they can decipher the electromagnetic wave that's coming out of your brain and realize what you are thinking about. About three satellites is enough to cover the whole globe. Once they make a picture of what send shockwave sensation to different part of your body for harassment and buzzing sensation to your ear. The combination of this will lead you to sleep deprivation and will lead you to being harassed throughout the day. Like I said, I'm talking from the Detroit area of Michigan. Electronic harassment widespread in the Detroit area of Michigan. Very much, uh, it's, it's uh, uh, I think, who's, who's ever doing it here, it's just they, they are taking it for granted as a way of doing business, uh, as a way of doing business. So uh, I'm going to illustrate to you how does this electronic harassment affect my life. Uh, I'm a and these electronic harassers, they like to guide you in a certain way, according to their ways. They, they just want to force a way on you to do what they like. 
I, I tried to sleep yesterday about 12 o'clock and uh, I managed to get maybe about, I slept maybe about one o'clock. I got four hours sleep. I woke up at five o'clock in the morning. This uh, electronic harasser, they have assigned few position in uh, Detroit area and one of them in Saudi Arabia where they can practice electronic harassment practically very comfortably. But what they like to do, they want to drag you, they want to uh, maybe make you sleep five hours, four hours, and then drag you without enough sleep. I woke up to this, to this stupid game. Uh, Michigan is famous for this kind of game. Michigan is kind of the god of electronic harassment of, of in the United States, so to speak. So Michigan is really famous for this kind of nonsense. Uh, so I woke up to this game early on. I just decided that if there's no sleep, I'm, I'm, I'm better off staying at home and not going anywhere else because the damage would be far outweigh the benefit. So their whole deal now is just to try to argue to so they can achieve several objectives through this. First of all, they want to make you look bad. When you don't sleep, your cognitive ability is not intact, your brain doesn't function well, so you are an easy target to manipulate. You don't, you do, you don't function properly. So you look bad. That's what they want you to do. They, they found the easiest way to do it is just to drag you without sleep. Uh, restricting the time that you have available to you during the day to improve yourself, to run your daily errand, to run, to run your life. And they do that by this in the Michigan area and beyond where they know they can practice electronic harassment liberally and freely. So they keep the buzzing cessation and the shockwave for sleep deprivation from five o'clock to nine o'clock. Then they allow me to sleep from nine o'clock till 11 o'clock. So that's total sleep hour. Now we are, we are getting six hours. The brain, still cannot function well. So we're getting now from 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock, they woke me up again, and they kept me awake with their harassment and stupidity. Then you're going to try to sleep again. By the time you finish the struggle for sleeping, it's already 3, 3, 4 in the afternoon. By then, most people have finished working. This is the type of electronic harassment I'm talking about in the Detroit area. And this is a type of danger. It's what they are doing. Uh, the objective for, uh, the, their objective is when you don't sleep, you look bad, you act clumsily, you don't behave, you are liable to make a lot of mistakes. So you don't leave your home. So you become a prisoner at your home. So you don't leave your bedroom, you become a prisoner at your bedroom. So it's, you are in a virtual prison, in a torture chamber, so to speak. Plus, you don't, you don't go out and work, so you are, you know, you, they, they are putting a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you, are, you are being damaged from so many angles. Keeping you awake without enough sleep for extended period of time so they can train you how to, how to practice or how to work without enough sleep. Now, I've been in the Detroit area for so many years, and I've known this stupidity dating back to more than 10, 10 15 years. You know, it's a long time. For example, they make you sleep for five hours. You cannot function. Your brain doesn't function. You cannot use your brain for any reason. You are you are you are practically present and at your own home uh, or at your own bedroom. You cannot leave your bedroom. You cannot room around your house because you haven't slept enough. One of us can tolerate one day of five hours sleep or four hours sleep. But when this is over an extended period of time, you are. 
practically become prisoner to your bedroom and you cannot move and you cannot think. And they try to, to pass the whole day like this. So they work without sleep. I have had this experience in the Detroit area of Michigan so many times. This is like paranormal of the stupidity and mental retardation that's prevalent in the Detroit area thinking whoever is doing their harassment. Like I said, whoever is responsible for this harassment, they have made their service available to state government, local government, wealthy corporation, big corporation, wealthy individual. So uh, whoever doing it, most likely a combination of all of the all. I'm sure. I'm sure my, my experience is not unique, and there are million and million, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I heard, about 400 million Americans who, who are harassed at the same level, hundreds of million who are harassed to a lesser extent. Let's define the electronic harassment. Electronic harassment is something done by remotely from satellite that uh, orbit Earth. What they do, they send a beam to read the wave that around your brain from sending these beams. They can analyze your thought. When they analyze your thought, they can send shock sensation to your body, and they can send buzzing sensation to your ear. The goal is sleep deprivation. When they do sleep deprivation, you can become an easy prey. They can do all kind of circus activity, and they can manipulate you in so many ways. So this is a nutshell what electronic harassment is all about. Now, Michigan has specialized in electronic harassment, and Michigan has a long tradition of uh, long, uh, long story with electronic harassment. Electronic harassment started in Michigan, in the University of Michigan by a psychologist called Robert Dunn, who worked in the VA in Michigan on Korean and Vietnamese prisoner of war. And he realized that sleep deprivation, uh, continuous sleep deprivation, make you exhibit a schizophrenic symptom if it carries on for quite a long time. His work was national uh, intelligence agency in this country, and uh, it was utilized widely. Are you being stalked, harassed, and your privacy violated? Has your work virtualized and sabotaged or ruined and you don't know why? Are you experiencing trouble with your phone, email, and internet services? Are you being denied help from governing and civil officials? Who are not alone? As many as one person per 100 are being targeted in North America. Gang tactics get thrown on this list as information, people filming individuals and vehicles, documenting, exposing organized harassment activities, organized gang stalking and community harassment is a crime. There is nothing lawful about organized gang stalking and community harassment. It doesn't matter who's doing it or what their profession may be. All across America, people have decided enough is enough. The targeted are now targeting people have decided it's time to crack the whip of organized gang stalking and community harassment. We will watch recording, exposing and punish those involved. Near part for organized gang stalking today. For more information, visit organized stalking informers on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash OS informers.
Uh, Michigan has a lot of reason to use economic harassment widely because it's using it for social control. We have to remember that electronic harassment is crime against humanity, it's crime against civil rights, and it's crime against basic human rights. Electronic harassment is utilized widely in, utilized widely in the Detroit area. I'm going to say why. Uh, first of all, Michigan has a high unemployment level. So they thought that's the way of social control with a high uh, why don't we use the system to just kind of uh, quiet down everybody? It's their favorite uh, to uh, to use electronic harassment so they can uh, circumvent the law. You know, the law they said, you know, your human right, the civil right is, is, is should be respected. But when they use electronic harassment, you cannot prove it, you cannot document it, and uh, they make you look, you know, uh, they don't make you look uh, as uh, completely sane when you talk about it, so you can think about it. Um, and uh, so you don't go and say, well, I'm electronically harassed. So they achieve the purpose of harassment uh, by circumventing the law. I'm a victim of electronic harassment for the past 17 years. And I can tell you that they start by sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation to the point of creating a torture chamber. I'm going to tell you what, how they create torture chamber at your home. You sleep deprived, you, let's say you slept two hours, you need eight hours to function, you slept two hours, you don't have enough power to move around your house, you don't have enough power to drive your car, you don't have enough power to create, to go to the bedroom bound. When you stay bedroom bound, they send shocking sensation to your body throughout the day to keep you awake. So you are practically in a torture chamber. This has happened in Michigan quite a lot. In fact, I've visited different area in the country. Electronic harassment happened in, in most of the country, but in the Detroit area, it's a specialty. So they keep you in your bedroom. You don't you don't get enough sleep. Not only you don't get enough sleep, they don't let you sleep during the day. Let's, let's say they don't let you sleep during the night, but let you, the, during the day, they shock you, they send you different shock waves to your body, so you don't sleep during the day. Uh, it's a double whammy. Uh, uh, when you get tired, the, the more you get tired, the more electronic harassment is devastating. Um, now, these criminals, the more they do it, the more they like it. There's a, there's a sad story to the to this electronic harassment garbage. Uh, uh, the, the result is they destroy your life, they destroy ability to make turn. And like I said, it's used wisely as a, a method of social control implication of using electronic harassment in demoralizing the population, in depriving people from pursuing productive work, and uh, demoralizing the society, corrupting the society. Uh, now, uh, the, uh, the usually they don't do electronic harassment just, uh, most of the time when it's done just to harass, just as a frustration. Uh, well, let me give you an how they use electronic harassment. Um, the, you can tell the stupidity and the mental retardation in it. They keep you awake. At, uh, they wake you up at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Every time you put back to, uh, your head to sleep, they wake you up at it. So not only they harass you, they prevent, they destroy the day for you. Uh, uh,
other way of electronic harassment work for them is that when you when you don't sleep and you are forced to go to work you become uh, you become clumsy you don't drive you don't drive your car well you do you don't don't you do your job well so you become an easy prey when you become an easy prey they practice kind of circus activity on you where they force you to do things you don't really you don't you don't really do um uh, lot of uh, you know they they make situations seem like a circus activity in front of you and you don't you realize it's circus activity that's working in front of you but you don't have the power to stop it so that's why electronic harassment is dangerous unfortunately michigan is a specialized in electronic harassment it's prevalent all over the state but they do it via satellite it's done high tech via satellite you cannot document it because you don't have the equipment to document the low wave frequency they use it from miles away they don't touch you if you try to complain about it to the police they make you look like a crazy because you don't have any documentation about it so it's very really hard document so this is their best way to circumvent the law and harass you and then claim that they they are the best the best protector of civil rights and human rights sad situation sad that's for every American, but it's really done. And that's, okay. that's as the economy tank, that's a way to move. How, why they develop this technology, why they are using this technology, what's the reason? Bad economy. It's bad economy. The bad economy has created a lot of, uh, lot of unemployment. This is a way to control the population. This is a way for social control. Um, they might want to advance Joe Schmo, and they want to keep Joe Mo held back. This is a way for them to manipulate, to manipulate the population and advance whoever they want to advance and keep, keep held back. All of you also think about the United States as a country of law and order. Think again. But this is a technology you cannot complain about. You cannot complain to the police. You cannot prove it because the technology is extremely high tech. Um, you need you need expensive equipment you are unable to, to obtain. You need chili material you cannot, it's very difficult to get. So not only they control your thought, but they control all the circumstances around you, meaning they create a whole, uh, uh, so to speak, parasociety uh, path for you. You know, they can create a, a path in the society that is uh parallel to other people past so they create for you a different personality like, like i said many of you think of the united states as a place for the law and order think again with this technology you are you cannot complain uh, the, if you complain you'll be accused of being uh, having some psychological symptom and that's the plan is just to make you look uh, paranoid or something like that and the technology is quite prevalent they silence any individual who who has the ability to make an active complaint. About half a million people documented severe harassment. Undocumented use, I believe, in the tens of million. The problem is not limited to Michigan. The problem is not, uh, it's prevalent outside the United States. I'm just living probably in the worst place in the United States. However, it's prevalent outside the United States. So, for, for, for all of you who think the United States is a place for civil rights, you right. Now, think again. It's all, it's practically a bunch of baloney. The United States has become a, a police state that...
harass, harass people, innocent victim, and harass and harass them severely, and just practically trespass on any human rights, civil rights, on its own citizen before before anybody else. Unfortunately, it's a it, it's 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 a reality, and it's better for for anybody who who living here in the United States or who's living outside the United States or who's thinking about coming here to remember. In most country, you can enjoy at least sleep, peace of mind. Most of my days here is sleep deprivation, torture chamber, meaning no sleep, and they torture you with this electronic shockwave. And I'm not alone. Like I said, half million of documented cases tens of millions of light cases, meaning people who are subjected to half my harassment, but they don't know they are harassed. Once you are sleep deprived, you become an easy prey for the, for what they call circus type activity, uh, which really tells you how stupid, degenerative, and mentally retarded they are. Because if you are awake, they are afraid to, to apply this kind of stupidity on you. However, when you don't have enough sleep, if you are easy prey, these activity, the circus activity that accompany the electronic harassment tells you how much stupidity they have, how much mental retardation they have. It's a reflection of the mentality of whoever behind this harassment. They are practically living in the 19th century. They, they are not living 2011. Most likely they are living in 1911. Stupidity, mental retardation.
My name is I'm the author of Malignant Self-Love, Narcissism Revisited, Ambient Abuse, also known as Gaslighting. He's the stealth, subtle, underground current of maltreatment that sometimes goes unnoticed even by the victim until it is too late. Ambient abuse penetrates and permeates everything, but it is difficult to pinpoint and identify. Gaslighting is ambiguous, equivocal, atmospheric, diffuse, hence its insidious and pernicious effects. By far the most dangerous kind of abuse there is. Ambient abuse or gaslighting, they are the outcomes of fear. Fear of violence, fear of the unknown, fear of the unpredictable, the capricious, the arbitrary, the pending. by dropping subtle hints, by disorienting, by constant and unnecessary lying, by persistent doubting and demeaning, and by inspiring um, an air of unmitigated gloom and doom. And the interviewer is the propagation and the investment of an atmosphere of fear, of intimidation, of instability, unpredictability and irritation. There are no acts of traceable, explicit abuse. There are no visible manipulative settings of control. Yet, ambient abuse yields an irksome feeling, a kind of disagreeable foreboding, a premonition, a bad omen. It's in the air. In the long term, such an environment erodes the victim's sense of self-worth and self-esteem, self-confidence, is shaken badly. Often the victim adopts a paranoid or a schizoid stance, keeps away from society, and thus render, renders herself exposed even more to this judgment. In ambient abuse, the roles are reversed. The victim is considered by everyone to be mentally deranged and unstable, and the abuser is universally acclaimed as the suffering soul and victim. There are five categories of ambient abuse, and they are often combined in the conduct of the same abuser. First of all, there is inducing disorientation. The abuser causes the victim to lose faith in her ability to manage and to cope with the world and with its demands. She no longer trusts her own senses. Her skills, she doubts her skills, she doubts her strengths, she doubts her family, doubts her friends. The, she doubts fundamentally the predictability and benevolence of her environment. By disagreeing with her way of perceiving the world, by arguing with her judgment, by disputing the facts of her existence, by criticizing her incessantly, and by offering plausible but specious, wrong, fallacious alternatives. The abuser constantly lies. And by where is the line between reality and nightmare? By recurrently disapproving of her choices and actions, the abuser shreds the victim's self-confidence and shatters her self-esteem. By reacting disproportionately to the slightest mistake she makes, he intimidates her to the point of paralysis. Second type of gaslighting is incapacitating. The abuser gradually and surreptitiously takes over functions and chores 
previously adequately and skillfully performed by the victim. The victim finds herself isolated from the outer world, a hostage to the goodwill or more often the ill will of the abuser, of her captor. She's crippled by his encroachment and by the inexorable in, in dissolution of her boundaries, and she ends up totally dependent on her tormentor's whims and desires, plans and strategies. She needs his permission to go out to the world and to interact with anyone. Moreover, the abuser engineers impossible, dangerous, and unpredictable situations that are unprecedented or highly specific. And in these situations, he makes sure that he is sorely needed. The abusers leverages his knowledge, his skill, his connections, or his strengths as the only applicable and the most useful ones in the situations that he himself has engineered. The abuser generates thus his own indispensability and forces in the victim growing independence. The third type of ambient abuse is what is known as shared psychosis, or previously it was called folie à deux in French. The abuser creates a fantasy world, and in this fantasy world, this fantasy world is inhabited by himself and by his victim. And it is besieged by imaginary enemies invented by the abuser. He allocates to the abuser the role of defending this invented she must swear to secrecy. She must stand by her abuser no matter what. She must lie, fight, pretend, obfuscate, and do whatever it takes to preserve this oasis of inanity and insanity. Her membership in the abuser's kingdom is cast as a privilege and a prize, but it is not to be taken for granted. She has to work hard to earn her continued affiliation in his work. She is constantly being tested and evaluated by the abuser. Inevitably, this interminable stress reduces the victim's resistance and her ability to see straight. The fourth type of ambient abuse involves the abuse or misuse of information. From the first moment of an encounter with another person, the abuser is on the prowl. He collects information. The more he knows about his potential victim, the better he able he is to coerce, to manipulate, to charm, to extort, to convert. The abuser does not hesitate to misuse the information he has gleaned, regardless of its intimate na nature or the circumstances in which he has he had obtained the information. This is a powerful tool. Finally, there is control by proxy. If all the previous tactics fail, the abuser recruits friends, colleagues, mates, family members, the authorities, institutions, neighbors, the media, teachers, anyone, any third party, to do his bidding. He uses these people and institutions to cajole, to coerce, to threaten, to stalk, to to offer, to retreat, to tempt, to convince, to harass, to communicate, and otherwise. In other words, to manipulate his target. He controls his unaware people and instruments exactly as he plans to control his ultimate prey. He employs the same mechanisms and devices to move his third parties and proxies around as he does later to uh, order the victim around. And he dumps his props unceremoniously when the job is done. Another form of control by proxy is to engineer situations in which the victim is forced to abuse a third party. 
such carefully crafted scenarios of embarrassment and humiliation provoke inevitably social sanctions. So the victim is condemned uh, or even physically punished. Society or a social group thus become the instrument of, instruments of the abuser. He first to socially unacceptable behavior and then he uses society to punish it. Once you know what to look for, these borderline subliminal attacks are quite detected. Rather than using a blunt overt attack against a fully functional person, they usually attack covertly and conceal their harassment by using existing events that occurs naturally. There is usually cover for the harassment as well.
<clears throat> four three two one boom thank you thanks for doing this man really yeah. appreciate it hey you're welcome it's very good to meet you nice, nice to meet you too and thanks for not lighting this fire you're welcome <laughs> how, does, later. how does one um just in the middle of doing all the things you do uh create cars uh rockets the stuff you're doing constantly innovating decide to just make flamethrower where do you have the time for that well, the flame, I wouldn't put, wouldn't put a lot of time into the flamethrower. The, this was an off-the-cuff thing. And um, so we have a, sort of like, it's sort of a sort of a hobby called The Boring Company, uh, which started out as a joke. Uh, and we decided to make it real um, and, and dig a tunnel under LA. And then dig, and people, other people asked us to dig tunnels. And so we said yes in a few cases uh, and then and then we have a merchandise section that only has one piece of merchandise at a time and we started off with a cap and there was only one thing on it was just boringcompany.com slash cap or hat that's it and, and we, we sold the hats limited limited edition it just said the boring company and then i'm a big fan of space bulls the movie and in Spaceballs, yogurt um, goes through the merchandising section, and they have a flamethrower in the <laughs> merchandising section of Spaceballs. And it, like the kids love that one. When he pulls out the flamethrower, it's like, we should do a flamethrower. So we... Does anybody tell you no? Does anybody go, Elon, um, maybe for yourself, 
but selling a flamethrower, the liabilities, all the people you're selling this device to, what kind of unhinged people are going to be buying a flamethrower in the first place? Do we really want to connect ourselves to all these potential arsonists? Yeah, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> shouldn't buy one. I said don't buy this flamethrower. Don't buy it. <laughs> don't buy it. That's what I said. But still, people bought it. Yeah, there's nothing I can do to stop them. It's, you build I it, they will come. I, I, I said, don't buy it. It's a bad idea. How many did you make? You, it's dangerous. It's got. It's wrong. <laughs> don't buy it. Still, people bought it. I just couldn't stop them. How many did you make? Twenty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all gone. In three, I think four days. They sold out in four days. Are you going to do a, a, a another run? No. No, that's it. Yes. Oh. I said we would do 20, we did 50,000, 50,000 hats. Um, and, 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 um, that was a million dollars. And like, okay, we'll, we'll sell something and, and for, for 10 million. And that was 20,000 flamethrowers at $500 each. <laughs> They went fast. Yeah, how do you have the time? How do you have the time to do that, though? I mean, I understand that it's not a big deal in terms of all the other things that you do, but how time to do any management skills? I, I mean, I didn't spend much time on, on this flamethrower. I mean, to be totally frank, it's actually just a roofing torch with an air rifle cover. It's not a real flamethrower. Which is why it says not a flamethrower. That's why we were very clear. This is not actually a flamethrower. And, and, and also we were told uh, that various countries would, would ban shipping of it, but they would, not, they would ban flamethrowers. So we very, to solve this problem for all the customs agencies, we labeled it not a flamethrower. Did it work? Was it effective? I, I, I don't know. your time allocation, I think one of the things you spend an awful lot of time uh, thinking about, I know, uh, is uh, artificial intelligence. It's something that you and I have as a, a shared interest and something that our audience is interested in as well. Um, the question here is a lot of experts in AI don't share the same level of concern that you do about the dangers huh, of AI. Fools. <laughs> what, 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 specific, last words. What, what specifically do you believe that they don't? Um, well, the biggest issue I see with so-called AI experts is that they, they think they know more than they do. Um, and they think they're smarter than they actually are. Um, in general, we're all much smarter than we think we are. Much less smart, dumber than we think we are. 
Um, so this is this tends to play plague smart people. Um, they just can't. They define themselves by their intelligence, and they they don't like the idea that a machine could be way smarter than them. So they just count the idea, which is fundamentally flawed. That's the wishful thinking uh, situation. Um, I'm really quite close to. I'm very close to the cutting edge in AI, and it scares the hell out of me. Um, it's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows, and the rate of improvement is exponential. Um, you can see this in things like AlphaGo, which went from, in the span of maybe six to nine months, it went from being unable to beat even a reasonably good Go player to then beating the European World Champion, who was ranked 600, then beating Lisa Dole 4-5, um, what been world champion for many years, then beating the current world champion, then beating everyone while playing simultaneously. It was Alpha Zero, uh, which crushed Alpha Go 100 to zero. <laughs> and Alpha Zero just learned by playing itself, and it, it can play basically any game that you put the rules in for. If you whatever rules you give it, if you literally read the rules, play the game, and be superhuman. For any game. Um, nobody expected that rate of improvement. If you ask those, so, those same experts uh, who think AI is not progressing at the rate that I'm saying, I think you will find that their predictions for things like Go and, and other, and, and other uh, AI advancements have uh, their, their batting average is quite weak. It's not good. Um, the, the, we'll see this also with, uh, with self-driving. Uh, I think probably by end of next year, self-driving will be will encompass essentially all modes of driving and be at least 100 to 200 percent um, safer than a person by the end of next year. We're talking maybe 18 months from now. Um, NHTSA does study on on Tesla's autopilot version one, which is relatively primitive and found that it was a 45% reduction in highway accidents. And that's despite Autopilot 1 being just version 1. Um, version 2, I think, will be at least two or three times better. That's the current version that's running right now. Um, so the, the rate of improvement is really dramatic. We have to figure out some way to ensure that the advent of digital superintelligence is one which is symbiotic with humanity. I think that's the single biggest existential crisis that we face, and the, and the most pressing one. And how do we do that? I mean, if, if we take it that it's inevitable at this point, that some version of it is coming down the line, how do we how do we steer through that? Well, I, I'm not normally an advocate of regulation and oversight. And I think one should generally err on the side of minimizing those things. But this is a case where you have a very serious danger to the public. And therefore, there needs to be a public body has insight and then oversight on to confirm that everyone is uh, developing AI safely. Um, this is extremely important. Um, I think the danger of AI is much greater than the, the, the danger of nuclear warheads by a lot. Um, and nobody would suggest that we allow anyone to just build nuclear warheads if they want. 
That, that would be insane. And mark my words, AI is far more dangerous than nukes. Far. So why do we have no regulatory oversight? This is insane. Which well, question you've been asking for a long time. I think it's a question that's come to the forefront of the last year where you begin to realize that it doesn't necessarily, I think if we, we've all been focused in on the idea of artificial superintelligence, right? Which is clearly a danger, but maybe, you know, a little further out. Um, what's happened over the last year is you've seen artificial, what I've been calling artificial stupidity. You're talking about, you know, algorithmic manipulation of social media. Like we're, we're in it now. It's starting, it's starting to happen. How do we, how do we, is it, what's the intervention at this point? Um, I'm not really all that worried about the short-term stuff, things that are, um, like narrow AI is not a species level risk. Um, it, it, will, it will result in dislocation uh, in lost jobs and, um, you know, the, the sort of better weaponry and that kind of thing. But it is not a fundamental species level risk, uh, whereas uh, digital superintelligence is. Uh, so it's really all about laying the groundwork to make sure that if, if humanity collectively decides that creating digital superintelligence is the right move, then we should do so very, very carefully. Um, very, very carefully. Um, this is the most important thing that we could possibly do. Yeah. Um, building on that, other, other than AI and the, the other issues that you're, that you're tackling, transportation, energy production, aerospace. What issues should our next generation of leaders be focused on solving? What else is coming down the line? Um, well, I mean, there, there are other things that are on a longer time scale. The, um, and obviously the things that I believe in, like extending life beyond Earth, making life multiplanetary. Um, I'm a big believer in sort of um, Asimov's foundation series or the principle that you, you really want to I recommend reading the foundation series but it's like if, if you if you know that there's a there's likely to be we don't know but there's likely to be another dark ages which it seems my guess is there probably will be at some point um, I'm, not, I'm not predicting that we're about to enter the dark ages but that there's some probability that we will, particularly if there's a third world war. Um, then we want to make sure that there's enough of a, of a seed of human civilization somewhere else uh, to bring civilization back um, and perhaps uh, shorten the length of the dark ages. And I think that's why it's important to get a self-sustaining base um, ideally on Mars, because Mars is far enough away from Earth that a, that um, a war on Earth, the Mars base might survive. It's more likely to survive than a moon base. But I think a moon base and a Mars base, um, that, um, that could perhaps help regenerate life back here on Earth would be really important and to get that done before a possible World War III. Um, you know, last, last century we had two massive world wars, three if you count the Cold War. I think it's unlikely that we'll never have another world war again. 
Um, there probably will be at some point. Or if we have another one, it'll be the last. Yeah, it, it, it just could be radioactive rubble. Yeah. Um, so, again, I'm not predicting. <laughs> this seems like, well, if you say given enough time, will it be most likely enough time? This is, this is, this is, has been our pattern in the past. Yeah. So, um, like I really believe in the zeroth law of Asimov's zeroth law. You know, take the set of actions most likely to support um, humanity of the future. Um, but I think that sustainable energy is also obviously really important. As tautological, if it's not sustainable, it's unsustainable. Yeah, how close are we to solving that problem? Well, I think that the core technologies are are there with the wind, solar, um, with with batteries. Um, the the fundamental problem is that there's an unpriced externality in the cost of of, of CO2. Um, the, the market economics works very well if things are priced correctly, but when there's when things are not priced correctly. Um, and something that has has a real cost has zero cost, then that's where you get distortions in the market that inhibit the progress of of other technologies. So um, essentially, anything that that produces carbon, it puts puts carbon into the atmosphere, which includes rockets, by the way. So I'm not excluding rockets from this. Um, there has to be a price, and that um, you can start off with a low price. Uh, but then that price, and, and then depending upon whether that price has any effect on the past million, possibility of CO2 in the atmosphere, you can adjust that price up or down. Uh, but in the absence of a price, we sort of pretend that digging trillions of tons of of, of uh, fossil fuels from deep under the earth and putting it into the atmosphere, we're pretending that that ha that 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 has no probability of a bad outcome. And the entire scientific community is saying. Obviously, it has. It's going to have a bad outcome. Obviously, you just you're changing the chemical constituency of the atmosphere. So, um, so it's really up to people and, and governments to put to put a price. And and then automatically the right thing happens. It's it's really straightforward. Um, what do we do with the carbon that's already up? I actually think we can manage with the current carbon level, or even a little bit higher. Um, it, it, it's, um, and this is going to sound um, sound like I'm backtracking, but there's actually an argument that more carbon in the atmosphere is is actually good, but up to a point. So. <laughs> We might actually arguably have been a little carbon starved. If you go back 200 years ago um, and say, okay, a few years ago, like we had like 280, 290 parts per million of carbon. We're probably a little carbon starved. Now we're about 400, just past 400 mark. I think somewhere in the 400s, probably okay. Uh, we don't have to worry about sequestering carbon or anything like that. But now, if this momentum keeps going and we start going up to 600, 800, 1,000, 1,500. Um, that's where things get really squirrely. Um, and uh, the, the sheer momentum of the world's energy infrastructure is leading us in that direction. Um, 
very, so it's just very important that the the public and the government's push to, to ensure that the, the correct price of carbon is paid. Um, so that that will be the thing that that, that matters. Um, yeah. Now our audience is very interested in knowing how many hours of sleep you got last night. Uh, I don't know about six, five or six, I think. Right. I, I feel like we know part of the answer to this because you were trapped in West Point for a while. Um, uh, but but how? I mean, on a, a regular day for you, are you are you are you sleeping? You're not sleeping a lot, right? Well, geez, do I look that bad? <laughs> um, you look great. Oh, but we just imagine with the amount of responsibilities, with the amount of, you know, with, with what you've got going on, do these problems still keep you up at night or do you think we're on our way to solving them? Well, right now, the only things that are really stressing me out in a big way are with what you've got going on, do these problems still keep you up at night or do you think we're on our way to solving them? With what you've got going on, do these problems still keep you up at night or do you think we're on our way to solving them? What you got going on? Do these problems still keep you up at night, or do you think we're on our way to solving? Well, right now, the only things that are really stressing me out in a big way are AI, obviously. Um, that's like always there, and uh, and working uh, with and we're uh, making good progress, but it's hugely hard work. But those are the two most stressful things in my life right now. Yeah. Um. Our audience really wants to know, uh, what do you hope the world will look like for children born today when they're your age? When, sir? What do, you, what do you hope for the world to look like? What's the best case scenario? Say we solve these problems. What's that world look like? Let's see. So I think the a good future would look like, you know, we really substantially transferred to sustainable generation and consumption of electricity um, so that the, the the CO2 risk and the ocean rising risk is mitigated. Um, and we're not looking at like, you know, having Florida and, and sort of large portions of the world underwater. That'd be great <laughs> that, uh, not, um, not to have addressed that risk. That'd be, that'd be enormous. Um, for us to have a base on the moon, base on Mars, be out there exploring the solar system, start building industry on essentially having human civilization go out there and, and, and have such anyone can go uh, to the moon or Mars or out to the solar system if they want to make it really affordable. Um, I do think it's important that there's competition there are often companies doing this, not just SpaceX. Um, and um, and that AI risk is, that, I guess it's the sort of a benign AI and that we're able to achieve a symbiosis with that AI. Um, ideally the AI, uh, there's somebody who, I can't remember his name, but had a good suggestion for what the um, optimization of the AI should be, what's its utility function. Um, you have to be careful about this because you say maximize happiness and the AI concludes that happiness is a function of dopamine and serotonin. So it captures all humans and jacks your brain with large amounts of dopamine and serotonin. <laughs> like, okay, so what we meant. <laughs> it sounds pretty good though. Um, I love it. <laughs> um, well, I like the definition of like the AI should try to maximize the freedom of action of, of humanity. 
Um, maximize the freedom of action. Maximize freedom, essentially. Um, I like that definition. Um, but we, we do want a close coupling between collective human intelligence and digital intelligence. Um, and uh, Neuralink is trying to help in that regard by um, creating a, an interface between um, bandwidth interface between AI and your and human brain. Um, yeah, we're already we're already a, a cyborg in the sense that uh, your phone and your computer are kind of an extension of you. Um, just low bandwidth input output. Exactly, it's just low bandwidth. Basically. Um, so how do we solve that problem? The, the band, bandwidth thing? The bandwidth issue. I mean, we've all we've all succumbed to it now. We're, we're all we're all cyborgs. We're just low efficiency cyborgs. So how do we how do we make it better? I think we've got to build a we've got to build an interface. Um, like we didn't evolve to have a communications jack. Um, you know, some so there's got to be essentially vast numbers of of, of tiny electrodes. Uh, that are able to read write from your brain. Of course, you know, security is pretty important in the situation, to say the least. Um, I was gonna say, I'm not coming with, I'm keeping my brain air gapped. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people will choose to do that. Um, but um, it's a bit like in banks is neural lace, mm -hmm. but not. But in the case of neural lace, it's sort of, that, that's there from when you're born or it's, it's sort of, it's not a, it's more it's a of a, sorry? It's a backup. Yeah, kind of a backup. Um, this would be, there's, there's a digital extension of you uh, that is an AI, the AI extension of you, uh, a tertiary layer of intelligence. Um, so you've got your limbic system, your cortex, and, and the tertiary layer, which is the digital AI extension of you, and the high bandwidth connection is what um, achieves the tight symbiosis. I, I think that's the best outcome. I, I hope so. If anybody's got better ideas, I'd love to hear it. Um, and um, you talk about another project that you're working on that our audience wants to know a little bit more about Starlink. So, can uh, you tell us anything? Um, do you mean Skynet? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not. It's the internet in the sky. Um, <laughs> um well, we. Um, we don't talk that much about Starlink, but essentially it's intended to provide low latency, high bandwidth. Um, that, that actually will not be enough cognitive processing power on board the satellite system to, to uh, in any way be a Skynet thing. Like it's, <laughs> um, digital AI requires a lot of, super intelligence requires a lot of big servers on the ground, it's just too power intensive. Uh, but this is intended to be to provide we don't have any internet connectivity with internet connectivity um, and it's very good for sparse and sparsely populated and moderate, moderately sparsely populated areas and for giving people in cities uh, um, a choice of a, a, you know low cost choice of, of internet access but i do think it's going to be important the stalling system will be important in providing funding necessary for, for spacex to develop um, it's planetary 
spacecraft. Um, and at the same time, yeah, helping people who have either no or super extensive connectivity and giving people in open areas more of a competitive choice. Very cool. Um, and I have to ask you because it's the number one question. Uh, just going back to Mars, um, what do you envision for the first Martian colony? <laughs> um, so we're after and, and what's your and what's your title? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> emperor or God Emperor? I don't know. <laughs> Might be too much. I don't know. Um, if you have to watch my jokes here, not everyone gets irony. You know, <laughs> must remember. Must remember. Um, so I, I think the, the I think most likely the the form of government on Mars would be somewhat of a direct democracy where um, you vote on issues, where, where people vote directly on issues instead of going through representative government. And you know, when the United States was formed, representative government was the only thing that was logistically feasible because people, there's no way, there was no way for people to communicate instantly. Um, a lot of people didn't have really mailboxes or there wasn't even really a, the post office was very, very primitive. A lot of people couldn't write. Um, so you had to have some form of representative democracy uh, or things just wouldn't work at all. Um, but I think on Mars, most likely it's going to be people, everyone votes on every issue and that's how it goes. There are a few things I'd recommend, which is keep laws short. Um, long laws, it's like that's that's something suspicious is going on if there's long law. <laughs> you know, if, if you if the size of law exceeds the word count of Lord of the Rings, something's <laughs> which it does, amazingly, then it's like something's wrong. Um, so there should be a limit to the size of the law that it should be able to digest it. Like, how come you can read the Constitution and all of the amendments? Like, you can read those in maybe an hour. And, and, and we govern so much of our civilization by that, and yet modern law is this obtuse, super boring tome that's indecipherable to us anyone. So I think um, direct democracy, laws, laws that are comprehensible, um, I think having some kind of hysteresis on, like it should be easier to remove a law than create one because things just get to inertia. You have to have something that's going to overcome inertia. So probably, I don't know what the right number would be, maybe it's like 60, 40, maybe it requires 60% to get a law in place, but any number above 40% can remove a law. Um, otherwise, you just get laws just accumulate over time, accumulate over time, and it, it, it's sort of like Gulliver, where you just get trapped by all these tiny strings and you can't move. Um, you get hardening of the arteries of civilization with law, with rules and rules and rules and rules. Um, so it should be just easier to get rid of a rule than, than to put one in. Um, maybe they should even have like a, some kind of sunset clause so that they just automatically expire unless there's enough of an impetus to, to keep them around. Um, I know I know there's a fair amount of issues I'm interested in hearing a little bit more about the very early days with Tesla and how it came together. Um, yeah. Brother Kimball is here, so we bring him out. You guys can talk a little bit about
artificial intelligence and, and a lot we of, do a lot of work yeah. in my lab on ai what about sex robots like what rules should they give for sex robots yeah. and how much could that damage interpersonal relations yes that's a great question that's exactly the right question in my view so our concern with sex robots from a liberty point of view should not in the slightest be whether you enjoy a sex robot it's your business right. you'd buy a bot do what you want i really don't i, I see i find i would be hard pressed to to object the problem is with sex. Well, let's back up from the less provocative. Let's come back to sex. Well, let's okay. pick a simpler example first. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about your children talking to Alexa. Okay. So the person who designs uh, wants to make your child's experience easy and pleasant, and as part of the programming of Alexa, because they want to make Alexa the obedient servant of your child, it doesn't require your child to say, "Please, Alexa, would you, you know." play music for me your child can be as rude as she wants to alexa and alexa will do what she wants what you should be concerned about however is not your child's interaction with alexa what you should be concerned about is what your child is learning from interacting with alexa that then she takes to the playground mm -hmm. so now she's rude to other children so alexa is corroding our social fabric alexa in this example is making children rude to each other so our concern is not so much do we make and do we make you know like Asimov's laws of robotics? Do we, we? It's not that we want to program the robots so that they don't harm you. We, we, it's true. The first law: we don't want the robot to, through an act of commission or omission, harm or allow a human to come to be harmed. It's that we're concerned about how the robot, in interacting with you, might cause you to harm others. The robot, the robotic intelligence, creates these externalities, these cascade effects. So, in the Alexa example. We might want to regulate the program to children, not because we want to deprive your daughter of the right to speak how she wants, but because we recognize that that robot is going to cause your daughter to be rude to other people. Is it really? Do you really think? Yes. That the Alexa, Alexa, what's the weather? That that would make your slowly child but surely, I think it will contribute. So it's a, it's an example. It's not like I'm not arguing that Alexa should become ornately. I think it's so novel to kids that they know it's not a person. I don't think it really. All right, but we're using these examples to build the thing. So let's yes. talk about the sex robots okay. now. So some people believe that actually the, the 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 emergence of sex robots, which will surely appear in the next ten or twenty years, um, will. Um, Fantastic boon. They think that um, you'll people will be able to experiment. Uh, you'll be able to experiment with same-sex uh, relationships, for example, uh, group sex. Uh, you might learn to be uh, a, a better lover. So you could practice with the robots, and uh, therefore you'd be more experienced when you were having sex with a real human. So they you can't get venereal diseases from a sex robots. You can't hurt their feelings. Uh, so people think that uh, the argument based on ethical grounds is that this would be terrific, uh, that this will be a benefit. Other people have the opposite opinion. Other people think that actually having sex with uh, robots, first of all, is symbolically and and um, conceptually vile. They think that you know it, it 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 takes sex and converts it into a kind of a, a machine, literally a machine-like uh, you know function. Uh, and they furthermore think that it would result in you ha in one having a kind of anonymous or impersonal interactions with humans subsequently. That you'll be entrained, you know, to let's say want an obedient uh, you know partner, right. uh, for example.
I don't have a stand on this. Like, I don't know which way it's going out. And in a way, I don't have to get, make a stand on it because what I'm interested in recognizing is that when we talk about having allowing people to have sex with sex robots, not allowing that it's going to happen, the focus of our concern should be not what is your experience in your bedroom when you have sex with a sex robot. Our concern is a state, like my interest, I have no stake or control over what you're doing over there. Mm-hmm. But my interest is in, in once you have had that experience, how does that change how you interact with other people? Right. And there, I think, just like anything else, like you can, you can make all the garbage you want in your house but if you start polluting the environment you're harming me so now i have a reason for intervening in your activities on your land you can't pollute your own land if that pollution runs off onto my land Mm. and so this argument can be made or look at autonomous vehicles here's an example we have all roads almost all roads have just human drivers and in 20 or 30 years Almost all roads will probably have only non-human drivers. Machines will drive. And those autonomous vehicles probably can be yoked together. They can communicate with each other so that you'll have like like trains of cars moving in synchrony. Like each of them will be communicating with the other nearby cars and you'll have laminar flow where all these vehicles are smoothly moving and joining the highway and leaving the highway and communicating on a citywide scale, slowing traffic down miles away because they anticipate with AI. There'll be a jam here if they don't do that. And and I think that'll be actually great. I'm actually looking forward to autonomy. I mean, I still like to take my car to a speedway, but, you know, drive it itself with stick, which I like. But, you know, but in between, we're going to have a world of what I call hybrid systems of human-driven cars and autonomous vehicles coexisting on an even plane. And we need to be worried about that. Because these autonomous vehicles, when we interact with them, are going to change how we interact with each other. For example, do we program the autonomous vehicle to drive at a constant steady speed? If you're the designer of the car, you might say, gee, I don't want this car to crash. Uh, I want the car to fashion. And that, that's what's best for the occupants of the car. That's what's going to allow me to sell more vehicles. But it may be the case that actually when people are in contact with such a vehicle, they get lulled into a false sense of security. Oh, that vehicle never does anything new. I don't need to pay so much attention to the car in front of me. I just just drive, you know, at a steady clip. And then they veer off and they go to a part of the highway where they're just human drivers. And now having been lulled into a false sense of security, they cause more collisions. They're not paying attention. So that autonomous vehicle has changed how I drive in a way that harms other people. So maybe the programming of the vehicle should be to occasionally do erratic things, to like suddenly slow down or speed up a little bit, obliging me to stay vigilant and pay attention as I'm interacting with that car. So that then when I go to another part of the highway, when I interact with just humans, I have retained that vigilance. Once again, the lesson here is is that it's not just about the one-on-one interaction between the robotic artificial intelligence and the human being. It's about how the robots affect us. And in my lab, we do many experiments in social systems where we take a group of people and we drop online, we drop a bot, or in the laboratory, we have a physical robot, and we watch how the presence of the robot doesn't just modify how the human interacts with the robot, but how the humans interact with each other. So if we put a robot right there, 
looking at us with its third eye, would we, uh, you know, would it change how you and I talk to each other, make us different? Mm -hmm. That's the experiments we're doing. Well, clearly, realm, that's going to be a problem. I mean, we, we see the difference between humans that have porn addictions. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, porn addictions, when people do, they do developed this very impersonal way of communicating with people and they they think about sex and the objectification of the opposite sex in a very different reason a very different way it, it flavors the way you it you flavors your expectations of, yes yes it, and it makes it difficult it can make it difficult for you to have normal sexual relationships if yes. you come to see if if your expectations are are uh guided by uh, porn and that is going to be radically magnified by some sort of yes. artificial life form that you create that's indistinguishable. Yes. If you can have an indistinguishable sex partner yes. that is, you know, some incredibly beautiful woman yes. that is a robot, and then you... Women sure. would be quite happy to change their spouses for robots. I wonder if women are going to be as into it as men, because I think women <laughs> de desire more emotional intimacy than uh, I think I mean uh, on uh, on a scale than men do I I think um, I think the jury's still out on yeah. uh, what what the relative balance between men and women we might be surprised that uh, that will be replaced right. with males especially spots. given ex societal expectations and women conform to those and and also give given how a pain in the not. ass a lot of men can be sure so it could go both ways I don't I'm not prepared to make a prediction who's going to be better off in the gender debate with the emergence of sex robots. Well, it may be the way you suggest that. But we're also in this transition genetically, where they're doing genetic experiments yes. on humans and with the advent of CRISPR yes. and emerging technologies. Yes. It's I talk entirely, about that in the book too. Entirely possible that there's not going to be any frumpy bodies anymore. That, That's hundreds of years away, but is yes. it? Yes, I think so. I, I wonder. I mean, I, I don't know if it is. I think if they start cracking them out in China and they start giving birth to eight-foot-tall supermen, yes, twelve-inch dicks, yes, we're gonna have a real issue. Yes, uh, yes, we will. Uh, yes, that's the least of it. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, it's really joke. entirely possible that in the future they're gonna have that. That we're gonna yes, have that's perfect likely. humans. Yes, I think that yeah. is likely. The debate is how far in the future. So I don't mm -hmm. think. these technologies to cure uh, monotherapy humans. Yes, I think that yeah. is likely. The debate is how far in the future. So I don't mm. think we're going to start by using these technologies to cure uh, monogenic diseases. So, you know, like thalassemia, for example. Mm -hmm. So diseases or certain immune deficiencies, a disease where a single gene is defective and, uh, and those will be the initial targets. But once we start with that, eventually I think there will be people who will want to genetically engineer other people, uh, their offspring, for example, and uh, modify them in the ways that you suggest. Maybe not 12-inch dicks, but maybe, you know, ability to run fast or something sure. else. Far smarter. I mean, yes. isn't that one of these side effects that they showed with the um, genetic manipulation of these Chinese babies to uh, eliminate HIV? They're, that they, they made them smarter? No, I don't know if they made them smarter. They're, they're, what's clear from the most recent findings I've seen from that case is that uh, unsurprisingly, as anyone could predict, the technology is not good enough to restrict the mutations to one mm. particular region of the genome. So there were other changes in the genome in these children that are 
occurred elsewhere rather than the targeted region, which was to increase their immunity to HIV. Right. And we don't know what those are. But those think- could kill those kids quickly. We could make them better in some ways. We have no way of knowing yet. But I think the conclusion was that it increased their intelligence. I don't, I think it's, I have those results and I think it's, it think would be premature. Find that. It would be because premature to come to that conclusion. The problem still. is, yeah, the, the problem is also sensationalist yes. uh, clickbait, which is that's what you want to click. Yes. You know, not just that they did the HIV and they made them smarter. It's going to get like 40% more clicks. Yes. Like, ooh. Versus, you know. Yeah, ooh, 40%. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's, that's just the, the nature of human. Right. Yes. Um, just to be I, clear, I talk about the CRISPR example mm-hmm. in in uh, in Blueprint. I actually talk about these how these technologies. Again, my lens on it is how these technologies are going to change how we interact with each other. And it goes back yes. to the example we were talking about at the beginning when we invented cities. That was a technology that changed how we interacted with each other. Mm-hmm. So human beings for a very long time have been inventing when we invented weapons. That was a technology that changed how we interact with each other. So we have previously done this kind of thing. Yes. We've invented a technology that changed how we interact with each other. And I'm very interested in in the and discuss some of those implications. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly interested in this because I I love to study history and I love mm-hmm. to study like how crazy the world was. 4,000, 5,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, yes. what it's going to be like in the future. I yes. just think our understanding of the consequences of our actions are so different than anybody has ever had before. We have just such a, a, a broader – first of all, we have examples from all over the world now that we can study very closely, which I don't think really was available to that many. You mean, I'm sorry, you're saying the examples are more numerous or our capacity to discern them is higher? Our capacity to discern them and just our in-depth understanding of these various yes. cultures all over the world. Like, yes. like what do you – the divers yeah. and others, we just have so much more data Yes. and so much more of an understanding than ever before. Yes. I, I love the idea that we are – I mean, I believe that this is probably the best time ever to be able it's probably I think that's true. I think there's certainly a lot of terrible things that are wrong in the world today. Also true. But I, I think that there's l- less of that and more good than I agree with that too. before. No, I think that's right. And but one of the arguments that I make is this is a kind of Steven Pinker argument that yes. you're, you're outlining, which is, you know, with the emergence of I mean, people are living longer than they ever have on the whole planet, mm-hmm. fewer people in starvation, we have less violence. Uh, I mean, every indicator of human Yes. Uh, and it's partly due or largely due in the recent last thousand years to the uh, to the emergence of the Enlightenment and uh, the, philo- the philosophy and the science that was guided that emerged about 300 years ago and 200 and some odd years ago and, and culminating in the present and continuing. So I think I think this is not just a kind of so-called Whiggish view of history. It's not just a progressive sort of fantasy. I think it's the case that these philosophical and scientific moves that are species made in the last few hundred years has improved our well-being. However, as we've been discussing today, it's not just historical forces that are tending towards making us better off. A deeper and more ancient and more powerful force is also at work, which is natural selection. It's evolutionary and not just historical forces that are relevant to our well-being. And we don't just need to look to philosophers to find the path to a good life. 
natural selection has equipped us with these capacities for love and friendship and cooperation and teaching and all these good things we've been discussing that also tend to a good life. So, so yes, I totally agree with you. We're better off today than we've ever been on average across the world. However, it's not just that that's contributing to our well-being. The, this natural selection is literally why we are in this state now and why we were hoping this trend will continue. Yes. And we will be in this better place 50 years from now, 100 years from now. Well, natural selection doesn't work over those time scales. So those are historical forces. But the point is, um, you know, we are equipped with these, uh, you know, you're given five fingers, which make it possible, and an opposable thumb, which allows you to manipulate tools. So natural selection has given you an opposable thumb. Culture lets you use a computer. Do you worry about the circumventing of this natural process by artificial intelligence? That the artificial intelligence is going to introduce some new, incredibly powerful factor into this whole chain of events. That by having sex robots and sex or or or, or um, robot workers, yes, things becoming automated, yes. This I'm I'm concerned. I mean, this is I, I think. Well, I'm I'm very concerned about how technology is going to affect our economy. These again, these concerns were not the first generation to face these concerns. There were similar concerns with the industrial revolution that workers were being put out of work. Nevertheless, work persisted. People still had jobs to do. Um, there was a disruption. There's no doubt about it. I think Google and the information revolution and these types of robotic automation are disruptive. They're going to affect how we allocate labor and capital and data in our society. There's no doubt about all of that. I thought you were alluding to, just to check if you were, to the debate, which I don't know the answer to, on whether AI will, you know, is, are we going to face like a Terminator type existence where, you know, the machines rise up and kill us all or not? And, you know, very smart people are on both sides of that debate. And mm -hmm. I read them all and like, I'm like, he's right. And then they read the guy that has the opposite opinion. I'm like, no, no, he's right. And then it goes back and forth. I don't know who's right. Well, it goes back to nuance, right? Yes, it is nuance, but it's hard to know whether, and again, we're not talking over our lifetimes, right? right? Over hundreds of years. Yes. You know, is there a time a thousand years from now when the human beings will say, what the hell were our ancestors doing inventing artificial intelligence? They're wiping us out. I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I think there's an issue also with the the concept of artificial, like artificial life, artificial intelligence. It's uh, I think it's going to be a life. It's just going to be a life that we've created. And I don't think it's artificial. I just think it's a different kind of life. I think that we're thinking of biologically based life, of sex, you know, uh, yes. you know well, reproduction, reproduction in terms of the way we We've always known it as being the only way that life exists. But if we can create something and that something decides to do things, it decides Wipe us to out recreate, and live yeah. on its own. Not why? Why does life yeah. have to be something that only exists through the you know multiplication yes. of cells? Yes, You're, that's very charitable of you, and uh, it's uh, people make that claim. Uh, some people think that you know those machines in the distant future will look back at. As us as like one stage of evolution that sure. culminated in them. That we're, some, yes. I've always said that we are some sort of an electronic uh, caterpillar that yes. doesn't know that it's going to give birth to a butterfly. Yes. We're making a cocoon. We don't even know what yes. we're doing. That's a great metaphor. I have a hard time accepting that. Because you're a person. Yes. It's against my interests. Right, uh, but we're so flawed. 
Things with yes, all the problems with yes, us. Yes. Those will go away with artificial intelligence. This is a deep philosophical question, Joe. Yeah, I well, mean, I, I think it's inevitable. And I think if the single cell organisms are sitting around wondering what the future would going to be like, well, are we going to be replaced? Will they what's make antibiotics that kill us? Yes. What's yes, they are going to make yeah. antibiotics that kill us. I mean, this is, I mean, we are so far. Oh, we do pollute great. the ocean. We do pull the fish out of it. Yeah. We do fuck up the air. Yeah. We do commit genocide. Yeah. There's all these things that are real. But the artificial life won't have those problems because it won't be emotionally based, it won't be biologically based, it'll just exist. That's a really good uh, story. We're so flawed. Why not? Something so much better. Oh, we're very flawed. We are flawed, but like I said, we have so a flawed beauty. I'm not going to grant it. <laughs> We are flawed. I think it's beautiful too, but I think vultures probably think they're beautiful too. That's why they breed with each other. Well, they are beautiful, but but the point is, I think we have a flawed beauty. I like. Yeah. I, I'm going to stick to sure. my principles that we are, despite our flaws, worth it. There's something wonderful about us, and I think that that wonderful creative quality is the reason why we created artificial life in the first place. Mm. It's like this this you know, we've had that, creation. We've had that impetus. You know, if you look at a lot of the. Um, art, whether it's the Egyptian, you know, the the the, the pyramids uh, or other kinds of um, artistic expression, we seem to have had a desire to transcend death, you know, to make things that sure that looked like us but weren't alive right. forever, actually. Right. So, I mean, I think in that regard, I think you're quite right that um, it's not going to stop. That tendency is not going to stop. Now, you're, you're very, as I said, charitable, positive take on the claim and your analogy to single-celled organisms, which were just, you know, but a fleeting, not a fleeting, they're still there, but a phase in our evolution, you know, is something I'm going to have to be thinking about because it's disturbing, honestly. Well, it's an objective perspective. If I took myself out of the human race, which I really can't, but if I tried to fake it, I would say, oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah, these we're dummies, just the face, yes. These dummies are buying iPhones and new MacBooks because they, they know that this is what's going to help the production of newer, more superior technology. Yes. The more we consume, it's also based, I think, in a lot of ways, our insane desire for materialism is fueling this. Yes. And it could be an inherent property of the human species that it is designed to create this artificial life. And that literally is what it's here for. And much like an ant is creating an anthill and doesn't yes. exactly have some sort of a future plan yes. for its kids and its 401k yeah. plan, that what we're doing is like this inherent property of being a human being, our curiosity, yeah. our wanderlust, our desire, our culture. all these things. Yeah, all these things are built in because if you follow them far enough down the line, 100 years, 200 years, it inevitably leads to artificial life. Yes, I think uh, I think that's possible. Um, and, of course, we're not going to be alive to, to test that idea. There's Maybe some we will. Maybe with CRISPR and all the crazy no, there's nothing's going to happen. The pace of innovation, people always have been saying, if you go back every decade, people saying just around the corner, just around the corner, these things are take forever. They're very hard. Biological systems are very hard to engineer. Um, I don't, and you know, of course the people who do that kind of work will often, I think a lot of them engage in snake oil, you know, they want to fund their research. Sure, so they, but I think it's entirely possible that there's a 20 year old listening to this podcast. Will be 150. Right yes, that's maybe, possible. Maybe a lot more than that.
No, no, you guys no, no, you, 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 you to go back to sleep. I do that. I mean, and sometimes I get some rest, but not much. But uh, Hey, Tom, in New Jersey. Hey, Tom. Tom. Hello? Who is this? Buddy. Who? Of New Jersey. Are you saying there is not one perp here? Is that what you're saying, Tom? This is oh, there's perps. There's perps everywhere. You know that. Are there filthy perps on this call? Is, is freedom I don't know. I have not a filthy perp-ass operation. Are you, are you saying there are no perps here, Tom? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all, Van. I'm, there, yeah, there are that's perps. the problem. There, the problem is, that's the problem, perps. is you're not saying it. Okay, I'm saying it now. There are there are perps. I don't know who is a perp. Who is yeah, who, who, how does he know who's a, who's a perp on the line? How, how should I know who's a perp? Because uh, waste your time, they distract you, they disrupt you, and they waste your time and keep you up all night without really helping you. So you're saying, are, are you saying that that shouldn't be a discussion topic? No, and we should discuss it. You're right. Issue. There are perps. And what do we? What do, what do you suggest we do about it? Yeah. Talk about it. For start with, that's uh, you cannot talk about that subject on a freedom SHS call. You cannot Boy, talk about talk the bill. I just talked about killing them, and I got in big trouble. Really? What do, you, what do you got to say about that? What I got to say what? is the perps are FSCHS. They're filthy. The perps are running the organization. The organization no. of FSCHS.com, they're filthy. Derek, but they did help Joe, John when he was in Chrissy, hospital. Derek, Joe, Derek, Joe. Christine no. Nigel, they're filthy. Oh, you they're perfect. Remember, remember, though, they even if they're, even if they're the case, Lady, they helped John when he was. This has to be Vancouver. Right, yeah, they helped John. It is. They it's helped, I listened to you the other night, and I'm going to tell you something. Why don't you, uh, why don't you discuss you what me, I just said? No, nothing. I wish that lady would shut up. You we'll stick to the topic, and I will. Okay, be quiet. You don't want to talk about the filth. Is the FSCHS. I'm just trying to, to compliment you. The FSCHS is a filthy organization. Oh my They're of my <laughs> They run the place. FSCHS is owned by why are you? Why are you so mad at, at the I'm not FSCHS mad. I'm just saying, well, well, because the filthy perps have, have the, 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 the top ring of the ladder, and they're not letting anybody else talk. They That's did help John. Yeah, yeah, I guess I am mad about it. Okay, oh, I want you to talk. I want you to tell us your feelings. He just did. I did. Well, the perps run FSCHS. FSCHS is of, by, and for perps. Derek, Joe, Chrissy, Nigel, they're all filthy perps. All of them. I promise. I, I, I totally believe it. And yet, it is not a topic of discussion around here. It's, it's not on their website. It's on their website. Well, it says it's we not are on their website that they are the filthy perps. Okay, I have the to filthy say perps you. are running the place. The but filthy Derek, Joe, Chrissy, Nigel are filthy. Remember though, they helped John when he was I, in the hospital. I they paid their own money to go visit him. Lady, I'm trying to talk to somebody. Can you shut up for five minutes? Listen Can you be respectful? There is no need to be hey, look, so disrespectful, John, get Brenda. This, this wacko off. I'm trying to have well, a conversation be with this man. You're an idiot. Shut hey, up. This is a, a forum. This is not a conversation between you and Van. This is a well, forum. You are, you are a very rude. I'm trying to talk to Van. Well, I'm trying to call you names and insult Dan, you. I, uh, 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 Derek is, is not running a 
Derek is the perp. Derek, Joe, Chrissy, Nigel, they're all perps. All four of them are filthy. Listen to me. That's what they are. That's what FSCHS is. That's what this part is. This is run by filthy perps, and they don't want to talk about it because they're the filth. Derek, Joe, Nigel, and Chrissy are filthy. They're all perps. They but don't they want to talk. Help. Of course, they don't want to talk about because that's what they are. And so but they say, "Well, that Vancouver. Anybody who wants to talk about the perps being having inroads in here must be crazy." But they did help. They have helped. They well, helped so they find the fine. They helped a, a ten cent deal. What I'm telling you is, they're filthy. Derek Robinson, uh, Joe, Chrissy, Nigel. Uh, if they're and they're they're crazy talkers. They always, lead in, they always lead into the crazy talk. You know, that's the deal. You listen to about the first 15 minutes of the call, and it sounds pretty good. And then some voices that you've never heard before call mm-hmm. up, and they start spewing the crazy talk. By the way, uh, right. hey, Jay, well, why don't you ever record these calls? But when we come on your call, you don't, you're not inclusive. You don't welcome all topics. You're so right. We have nowhere I, don't. Else to go. I, I don't. Where? I don't deny it. I don't deny well, it. I don't. Then, that's a problem with FSCHS is they re, they are inclusive of all topics. All topics. Well, you then don't it's want to talk about the There's topics. only two. There's only one big topic that we are having a very hard time with. It's called electronic harassment. That's not torture. true. That's not true. That's I have trouble with organized crime. I have trouble with property destruction. Property destruction. Organized crime. Really a Listen, you're only talking about John, one thousand. You're only talking about directed energy. There's all sorts of problems. I think well, I don't know narrow you are. it. Don't speak you're, for me. Don't say we only have directed energy. Don't speak for me. We nuts. have all sorts of issues besides directed energy. Don't say we only have one issue. Who Why don't you? you go and infiltrate the perps like you told everybody you did? Why don't, don't you just be respectful and speak for go. yourself? Just speak for yourself. Don't speak I'm for us. Don't say. You're talking gibberish. Yeah, because you said we only have one issue. We have a lot more than one issue. It's not just directed energy. There's a big issue that, that Derek has to address. It's crazy people like you have got to get off the line. You don't need to be insulting. You are out of, the, uh, out of bounds. You, you don't need to bully. Muted. You need to be muted. You that need to use I statements. Tom can talk. Uh, Dan can talk. Hey, J-Wo. Well, why don't you press the record button, J-Wo? Should. Jay Wo, Woodrow Mikowski, how come you never record the shows? Why don't you record this? He offered you earlier. No, now we've got to have this recorded. I can't talk on the recorded crazy live. Recorded. Don't call me crazy. Download this it. This is VancouverWATI.com. Jay Woodrow Mikowski has just uh, started the record button, and I have made the uh, statement that Derek Robinson, that Filthy Joe, that Chrissy, that that. Uh, that you, Nigel are all perps. I'm telling you, that's an well, honest opinion. Well, that is an honest opinion. Well, that is a fact. The worst that kind Joe, of... Joe, Chrissy... Kind of, you won't get away with it on this call. I'm sure I gave my personal information to FFCHS. My stocking skyrocketed. It was okay, horrible. I've been a target for 40 years. You crazy bitch. Get off this call. Stop name-calling. That's disrespectful. Get the hell off this call. You're on the call. And there you go. Down. What I'm telling you is... FreedomFCHS.com is of, by, and for perps. That's what they do, starting at the top with supposedly 